Do not attempt to adjust. Do not attempt to adjust. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. There is nothing wrong with your streaming device. We are controlling the transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We control the hysterical. <laughs> we control the rational. Mm. Mm. Yes, quite. I agree. Quite. Sit patiently, and we will control all that you hear. <laughs> we repeat, there is nothing wrong with your streaming device. You are about to participate in a great awakening. You are about to experience the truth and wonder reaching from the inner mind of the Geek Out Heroes. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo, Miles, Anderson, and uh, sorry that we are have been gone for so long, listeners. Uh, not a whole lot I can do about it. Uh, just haven't had time to edit any of the podcasts. We've had two podcasts that I haven't been able to get to, and those are now going to become lost podcasts. I'm going to put those into a specific lost folder, and maybe someday I'll complete them. They weren't bad though; they were actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> I will tell you, we were good. And you can't hear us, so you can't you can't deny it. <laughs> um, As a teaser, I sound like Vargo on one of those podcasts. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get the let's go ahead and get the the I guess the big news out of the way really quick. Uh, Bob Paycheck or Paycheck, I almost called him Paycheck again. Uh, Bob Bob Chapek is gone, uh, and uh, a lot of people collectively went, "Yay!" You know, maybe Disney's getting back on track again. No, it's it's not happening. Chapek's out, and uh, people were just like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Uh, maybe Disney's finally getting the fucking clue. Maybe they can turn this ship around after colliding into the fucking iceberg, going full steam ahead directly into the next one, and not turning their fucking course at all. And uh, no, because they they turned around and rehired Bob Iger, who was the fucker who got them into this fucking position in the first place. Congratulations, Disney. There's no hope for you, and I'm enjoying the dumpster fire. Uh, listeners, I'm sorry to be negative about it, except I'm not sorry because this shit has, you know, people have clearly had a fuck enough with Disney and their shit. And that's been pretty evident by the fact that their streaming service is failing. Thanks. Thanks for that, Disney. You, you, you actually had a good idea, but you had terrible fucking writers who don't know anything about the things that they're writing about. And, uh, there's that whole thing of, you know, write what you know. Well, they don't know anything. So maybe you should hire more talented writers because hiring from the talentless crowd that you've been hiring from is uh, not working for you. Uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy should have proven that way back when she decided that she was only going to hire all female writers and try to go only female directors for a while. And uh, that didn't work out because that was her only agenda. She wasn't looking for talent. She was just looking for, do you fit this criteria? Didn't work out then. Clearly, Disney is failing now. And or a show that should actually absolutely have a, a huge audience and should actually be doing well is doing terribly. Why? Because you ruin the franchise. 
because you decided to keep fucking off and doing terrible shit and you just kept putting out crap. There's a reason why the franchise is failing. It's the same thing we keep reiterating over and over again, listeners. Have you you appeal to your demographic? You choose the largest demographic. You appeal to that demographic. No one's doing that for some reason in all these businesses. And for some reason, they can't figure out why they're failing. Basic fucking marketing. Yeah. Supply and demand. And they think their demand is coming from social media. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem, Miles, is the fact that they are looking at Twitter as if that is the standard. That That is the the absolute standard of all their audience of all their fandom is coming from Twitter and not realizing that the majority of those people don't even watch or use their fucking content. They don't even care. It's the same thing that the same, it's the same pitfall that DC and Marvel stepped in with their comic book industry of appealing to a crowd that wasn't buying their comics. Yeah. Yeah. But the crowd that doesn't spend money. And it, it's it's not it's not even just it's not just the the crowd that doesn't buy their comics or, or doesn't spend money. It's it's also a crowd that's too small to ever make an impact for you. You're never going to sell enough comics comic books to these people that you want to appeal to to make up for the loss that you have of losing all of your other fans that were buying them in the first place. Listeners, how is it that during the at the pinnacle of the MCU, by the time Endgame was out, that Marvel Comics was failing to make money? Does that make sense to anyone? How is that possible when all these people love the MCU? How are they not selling comics? Because on the comic book side of things, during the height of the MCU, they decided to take the old guard and get rid of them and replace them with either female heroes or B-listers that nobody had ever heard about. It wasn't that they were just trying to introduce something new. It was the fact that they were just replacing them entirely. And people were going, well, that's not why I came here. I came here for more Iron Man. I came here for more Captain America. And then the MCU adopted the MCU soon after. And I'm sorry. Yeah, if anybody doesn't like the MCU, that's been fucking just carved into stone now by the me- by even the media by accepting the fact that the MCU is real. And for the record, nobody had a problem with female heroes. The problem has always been that you're just replacing your current heroes because you didn't feel like one side of the spectrum of genders was being represented enough. Don't get rid of your other heroes just because of that. Try to bring in other heroes and do them justice. You know, give it to a bunch of hack writers who are going to turn around and destroy characters just to do it or instantly give it over to a character that hasn't earned their spot as a superhero. They haven't paid their dues. They're just instantly the best at everything for reasons. Just look at the contrast and how heroes were treated earlier on in the MCU versus how they're treated now. They weren't brought in instantly just best at everything. They always had these stories of struggle, something that happened to them that caused them to become the heroes they become. That's even true when you go and look at things like look at look at Agent Carter. Agent Carter was a fantastic superhero, in my opinion. You know, you could consider her not a superhero because there's nothing really super about her other than the fact that she's fucking awesome. But still, you had this great character that was established in an earlier film. You had a you had a character that was brought into another TV show that was handled horribly by ABC and wasn't given the it wasn't given the props that it should have. It wasn't really marketed the way it should have. It wasn't really pushed as hard as it should have been. And this is true for a lot of their TV shows, but Marvel's TV shows have been consistently just failures because they cost a lot of money and they don't get a lot of viewers until either later or ever. 
But you look at the difference in how they treated those characters versus now. Now they just bring in characters that are just instantly good at everything. There's no real struggle. They're just awesome instantaneously. And the worst part about it, they're being brought into franchises and they're degrading other heroes that came before them to instantly prop them up and put them on a pedestal and make them the best around. Like that's what's happening. That's what happened with Doctor Strange. That's what happened even in Loki. It's, as far as I'm concerned, Loki should have always stayed the villain. And as much as I enjoyed the the Loki TV show overall, it's it's pretty evident when you start seeing the other heroes around going, wow, they brought in another character and instantly made them the best around and how they were just awesome and everything, self-taught and all this stuff and can do all the same, same things that Loki can do without anything, like anything to to help them or get them there. And they downgrade the original Loki just to make that character look better, to make the new Loki look better. And this is happening throughout the MCU. This is this happened throughout throughout Phase Four. And it doesn't matter if you talk about it. Is if we don't see it, if we don't see the actual change that takes place within this person that makes them the person they are today, then that means nothing to us because we didn't witness it. So there's nothing about them that gets built up. It's just one of these periods, like this person that comes in, I'm the specialist. Who the fuck is this mook? Why should we give them any kind of agency? Who the fuck is this? They haven't earned their spot. And I've heard some people try to make the argument that Peter Parker was treated the same way when he was brought in the MCU. Well, yeah, people have been begging for Spider-Man to be in the MCU from the start because it's Spider-Man. He's a titular character for Marvel. So not having him in the MCU just felt wrong. And yeah, he was thrown in. And it was this whole thing of like, oh, he's being brought in to try and even the odds between Iron Man and, and Captain America. But that wasn't the case. They had him face off against Captain America, and he was put in his place pretty freaking quick, establishing that, yes, eventually he will get his spot, but he's got to earn it. And they established that pretty well in, the, in Spider-Man's own movie, that he can earn his spot. They had Tony Stark make a suit for him, and then he took it away. They had this whole thing of like how he had to earn being a hero, and he had to do it right. You know, Tony kind of became his Uncle Ben, and established that he expected more from him. He expected him to be even better than Iron Man. Instead, we're seeing right now with the MCU, you have new characters being brought in that are just instantly the best at what they do or just, you know, are supposed to be the main focus over the main character of their own uh, of, of another movie. Like America Chavez, she's for some reason the main character in Doctor Strange, too. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And they ruined two characters that were actually good to do it. And then you have She-Hulk. She-Hulk is brought in, and instead of her being somebody who ends up being saved by Bruce Banner and inadvertently turned into a Hulk because of it in order to save her life, which should have been a more of a, a conflicting decision and should have shown like Bruce in conflict of what he would be doing and the possibility of what he could be bringing her into. Instead, it's this whole thing of like, oh, it's just a mishap and she turns into a Hulk. And when he tries to teach her everything, she's instantly good at everything and then shuts him down and then turns around and makes him look like a fool or, oh, he's mansplaining shit. Like, that's the way it came across. I'm sorry. That's how exact. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what they were doing. They destroyed the Hulk even more just to build up She-Hulk. Instead of it being something where she actually goes through and understands, oh shit, this has actually been a struggle for Bruce's entire fucking life because he has to control all of this shit about him and not hurt regular people. 
So instead, we don't get a new movie about a person coming in and learning what it's like to be a hero, learning what it's like to have to live with these abilities without harming other people around her. Instead, we'd get this dumbass shit show about a lawyer and uh, sorry, about a female lawyer and how work is so hard because she lives in a man's world and how she's treated at work and and how she's over-sexualized and all this stuff. And never mind the fact that the entire time she's just trying to get laid in the show. Then she gets these abilities and now she's suddenly respected. And it's like, give me a fucking break. They even admitted the fact that they didn't even understand what lawyers do. Not only that, but they don't even know what the IP is. None of them read the, the She-Hulk comics. They didn't even understand what they were writing about. Does that sound like a good business move? Does that sound like a good business decision to put the people in charge who don't know anything about the property? But this was consistent with phase four. So Nerd Roddick was correct from the start that that's the way they were going to go. And he saw it because he saw what was happening in the comic industry. And he knew that in, that that Marvel was going to overcompensate. So Disney, you, you appealed to all these people that weren't using your shit. And it turns out that you've also been lying about your numbers. You've been lying about the money you've been making. And listeners, if you haven't known anything about this, that would be completely understandable because we barely knew anything about it. But uh, Disney had a whistleblower come out, uh, Sandy Cuba, who has been explaining to people on the fact that Disney has been lying about their numbers. They've been lying about the money they've been making. They've been recounting money, uh, like selling gift cards and then recounting the money spent off of that gift card to them as, you know, that's double dipping. That's illegal. Yeah. In different circles. That's racketeering. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you have all the shit happening and it's even under, under Chapex own leadership and that's what the funny thing is I've, I've been seeing places like nerd rotic uh geeks and gamers like listeners yeah these are the these are some of the channels that i watch uh you know uh magnus like talk about the fact that, like people were really expecting uh chapek to come in and fix disney how in what way was he ever going to fix disney he showed up and immediately bent the knee he talked about coming in getting rid of ceos getting rid of people who weren't doing their jobs, weren't performing and instantly re-upped Kathleen Kennedy's contract. Like what? Yeah. Did nothing. He did nothing. He came in and did nothing. Here's the new Disney. Same as the old Disney was what she got. And instead Bob Iger is coming back and all he's going to do is blame everything that he did. And he started in the first place on Chapek. So Look forward to Disney getting worse and look forward to Disney not being able to turn the ship around because they're not going to because they're under the leadership of somebody who cares more about what Twitter saying thinks than what their customers think. Meanwhile, you have Johnny Depp who's telling Disney to go fucking jog on uh, because they canceled the Pirates movie, the all-female Pirates movie that was going to be done with uh, 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 Margot Margo Robbie. Robbie. And uh I, you know, while I, I don't appreciate the fact that like they, you know, they canceled it entirely. The fact that they got rid of, you know, they, they kind of essentially fired everybody at that point who were, who were looking forward to, you know, doing a job and getting paid. Uh, but on top of that, they did it with the assumption that they were going to instantly be able to get back Johnny Depp because the amount of fans were like, no, no pirates movie without Johnny Depp. There's no pirates movie. Like people aren't, aren't going to go see it. They knew it was going to happen. You canceled him in the first place because of a bitch who literally lied and people are still defending her ass. That's unbelievable to me. You have, you have this person who lied about everything that happened to her and put all the blame on him. Then you, you made him the poster child of beating your wife. And then you turn around, you, you turn around 
and canceled any projects that he was with with you on. And now you're going to ask him back. And guess what Johnny Depp said? Fuck you. I don't need you. You know, you're going to have to beg and plead to get this guy back. You're going to have to give Johnny Depp probably a massive fucking paycheck to get him back. I know that at one point there was rumors that they were uh, offering him $300 million to do another uh, Pirates movie, but I don't know if that was ever truly confirmed or not. Yeah, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, though. At the same time, I'm like, well, you could have, you could have, you, what you could have had was you could have had Margot Robbie coming in. If you wanted to continue the franchise and go with a new character, Margot Robbie, we all know, can play crazy. She does a pretty good Harley Quinn. So they could have brought her in and made her Jack Sparrow's daughter and had Johnny Depp and her team up in a movie and then continue the franchise with her if they wanted to keep going with this pirate stuff and changing over to a even female cast like that would have been far more acceptable and far and, and far more natural feeling than we're immediately going to a female all female pirates movie because Johnny Depp was a horrible person and we have to make up for me too and all this bullshit like I'm sorry not everyone's a Harvey Weinstein and the fact that like they they that it went so far as that that is what ruined any of the me too movement any any of the calling out the actual people who were guilty of these horrible things that that went away the moment that people started lying it and using it for their own agency that's what happens and people say oh well why would they lie well clearly because they wanted to make themselves bigger than they were amber heard thought it was going to get her more work and that people would feel sorry for her quite the opposite clearly when the truth comes out that doesn't happen and people are demanding that they get rid of her in any role she's in. And it's not cancel culture at that point. It's just somebody getting their comeuppance for lying, for being a piece of shit. If you want something to continue to have movement and to have an effect on society, call out the liars. Be, be willing to point out the people who are, who are ruining what you're, trying to, what you're trying to help accomplish. The people who are actually the liars. The ones who are you know, sitting there going, all right, well, uh, I, I was also assaulted too. And then it turns out wasn't the, that wasn't true. turns out that's not what happened. Call them out. P- there are people fucking still supporting Amber Heard. That is unreal to me. There's always people like that. That's why we have people, you know, throw riots over criminals being fucking deleted from history. <laughs> yeah. Guy pulls out a gun, tries to shoot somebody else, gets shot. Oh my gosh. Woman tries to pull out a knife and stab her friend, gets shot. Oh my gosh, how could they do that to her? I'm I'm confused. When did criminals become the heroes and victims for you people? Like, what happened? Right. Yeah, it's no different. I could tell you, but we this has turned into a political cast. Not really. I mean, it's just more of a commentary on society as a whole. Like, why? Like. Because the, the problem is like society is being greatly affected by politics and which is also turning around and affecting our culture. It's affecting, uh, you know, pop culture. It's affecting everything. It's unfortunate. We used to be able to have these things completely separate from one another. We're not really completely separate, but separate enough that it wasn't invading our lives or invading our thoughts. Uh, yeah. Our escapism tools, you know, tended to be escapism tools. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which are no longer escapism tools. And that's the thing is the, once these companies start taking up these agendas and start taking up these movements and stuff like that and try to overcompensate for anything like that, 
there's no one calling out when somebody lies about it or or anything like that. Instead, these a lot of these companies just double down on their stupidity. And they completely forget that they're a company that's supposed to be making money. They're a company. Now, granted, you do want a company to have some sort of moral code when it comes to their own people and how they treat their own people, but that's more of a human rights thing and uh, just treating people decently, right? But when something like this happens where somebody completely lies about it, God damn, it took Disney way too fucking long to turn around on that. It took Warner Brothers way too long to start going, maybe she was lying. I mean, you had the Warner Brothers who literally fired Johnny Depp when they had no proof. They had proof that was completely contradictory to it being being publicly posted. And they still doubled down and went, nope, he's fired. He's not in the next uh, Fantastic Beast movie, even after everything that came out that Amber was the one being abusive. And yet you have all of this stuff that's been coming out with Ezra Miller and all of the controversy that he's been wrapped up in, and they did nothing the entire time. There wasn't even a consideration of, hey, maybe we should just cancel this and reshoot his scenes. Now, can a actor or actress hurt a film? Absolutely. By using them, it absolutely can. If they are controversial enough, they can absolutely hurt a film. Ezra Miller is going to hurt Flashpoint. In some way or another, there's going to be plenty of people who aren't going to see it because of him. Same thing will happen because of Aquaman and Amber Heard. The downside to working with people is that they're not perfect and that they can fail and that they can cause this kind of problem for you. It certainly doesn't help that Warner Brothers took the stance that they, that they took on one specific actor and didn't turn around and apply the same standard to the other one when it turned out that they lied. It also didn't help that they didn't immediately turn, turn around and go, oh, we're sorry for the mistake. We believed this one person, but it turns out that they were a liar. So we're going to give this other person their job back. So Hollywood, you can't ignore your own bad actions and then expect to push agendas on the rest of us who are just looking to you for escapism. That's not how this works. I'm not saying you should just be dance monkey dance, but I am saying that you can't, you can't tell other people do as I say, not as I do, because that's what Hollywood's been trying to do. Majority of actors have been doing this for years now and their industry is following suit. Yeah. So because you know, as a result, like all this crap has gone on. We, we keep seeing things deteriorate, deteriorate, deteriorate in, in entertainment. And the thing that's hysterical to us is the fact that these companies don't understand how they're failing. Disney, how do you not understand why, how you're failing? You're you're, it turns out you're spending, they're spending billions of dollars. Listeners, billions of dollars and losing that money for Disney plus to continue back when Disney plus was getting ready to launch. We all sat there and said, I don't know if this is going to make them any money. Like this sounds like a terrible idea. They'd have to make sure that their shows are so top notch that people just stay hooked. But the problem is, is it's not top notch. And because of that, they've lost viewers because of Disney stances on things. They've lost viewers because of the fact that they decided that, Hey, we're a company where should get, we should get involved in politics. They've lost viewers. And that, you know, nothing's more evident than the latest fucking animation that came out, Strange World. And it's it has the worst audience rating in their animation history. 
And I don't think it has anything to do with agenda. I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, the movies being too woke or, you know, what it wants to send as a message. I think people are just done with Disney shit. They're not creating great creative movies. They're just creating shit and putting it out there. I mean, let's face it. There's a huge lack of creativity in Hollywood. There's a huge lack of creativity everywhere. But this movie was also put in, into theaters at the same time as Black Panther. That just sounds like a bad idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same company putting out two different films, right? They're, they're supposed to appeal to two different audiences. But when you have a superhero film and you have a, an animated film, the superhero film is still appe- can still appeal to families. Like They're going to want to go see the superhero film. You know? They're going to go see the latest Marvel. And even though Black Panther might, be not, or might not be doing as well as the previous one in theaters, that doesn't matter. They put out this this other film almost as if like, ah, we just need to throw it out there. It's cost us too much money. Uh, we're just going to put it up there. If that was the case, Disney, maybe you should have put it on Disney Plus and tried to maybe incentivize more you know, views off of that, more use, because your service is struggling there. And to be honest, listeners, I thought this movie was coming to Disney Plus to begin with. I didn't think it was coming to theaters. It didn't look good enough from the trailers to be in theaters. I've heard it's got some, you know, uh, climate change messaging in there. The characters aren't very, you know, aren't very good, and that it's just not a very like. I, I've heard that it's just kind of a bland story. It really, it's a cool idea. Bland story is the way I've had it, had it described. You know, kind of like Pixar's Soul. Cool idea, bad story. Unless you can argue with me that it's not a bad story. It absolutely is a bad story. A, a story that should have been about jazz the the history of jazz the culture of jazz and a teacher a person learning that their calling in life was teaching children uh about this wonderful piece of of american history and the influences that it had on all of music and in discovering his passion for teaching kind of being a love letter to teachers themselves is what it should have been and instead, what we got was somebody who is struggling in mediocrity and wants to be famous, wants to be in a band, in a jazz band without seeing the direct influence that they have on other people. Like it made no sense. Like none of the themes came together. It was like it was written by several different people who had no idea what movie they were making. Cool idea, bland story. And Strange World's kind of the same way. I haven't seen it, listeners, so, so I can't give you a, a direct comparison. So I know I'm just making this judgment based off of the trailers that I've seen. But the first trailer I saw, I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then the next trailer I saw, I was like, mm, looks like a like kind of a bland story, though. Doesn't look like it's, it's really great, but it's going to be on Disney Plus, so I'll just watch it. Well, it's not on Disney Plus, it's in theaters. I have no desire to pay to see it in theaters. And I think that's exactly it. I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be on Disney Plus. And for those who did see it in theaters, I think they're just trying to tell Disney, hey, we're just tired of your shit. And they're just telling Disney, look, if you don't cut this crap out, I'm not giving you money for anything. It doesn't matter if you put something good out. I'm, I'm not giving you money for anything. Listeners, I almost didn't want to. I did not want to give Disney money just because of the, all the crap that they've done and the fact that they hate me as a fan, uh, especially when it comes to Marvel. Uh, I didn't want to give the money because uh, of the Santa clauses. I wanted to, I wanted to see that, but I just didn't want to give the money. I still gave him money because, you know, my family really wants to see it. So, okay. 
they they've got my money for for a month because we want to see the Santa Clauses and the fact that they brought back Tim Allen, somebody that they shouldn't have you know told they wouldn't give a role to in the first place. And listeners, if you're not sure what happened with Tim Allen in the background, uh, look up the what why Tim Allen wasn't Buzz in in Buzz Lightyear, a character that he immortalized. Which is another character they rewrote the origin story of. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was just it was just an it it wasn't a bad like I saw I saw Buzz Lightyear. I think I told talked about this in the podcast. It wasn't bad. Like it wasn't. I think the whole like the 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 gay kiss and everything like that. While it's not necessary in the movie, it's also not at, not really that big of a deal. It's a passing moment, so. It's not really something that need to be focused on in the first place. I think the reason why it got so much hate was because Disney tried to make that into uh, the equivalent of the Eternals scene with the gay couple and making it seem like, I mean, it's the same bullshit every time. It's when it's when they decide to virtue signal and they decide to, this is the end all be all. This is going to save lives. I mean, shit like that. Literally a quote listeners on the Eternals, like an actor actually said, this scene is going to save lives. Fucking how? So it's when they go out of their way to virtue signal about shit like that and point out like, oh, this is the 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 moment. This is it. And they do this every fucking time with any character like, oh, you know, we finally have the first gay character, which is completely bullshit. Uh, we finally have the first, you know. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, they tried to claim that Black Panther was basically the first Mars Black Marvel superhero. <laughs> oh, uh, some of them were claiming just the first bullshit. black superhero, period. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. no, not even close. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're they're trying to say they were trying to say he's the first black superhero like ever in, you know, especially in film. I'm like, the fuck are you guys smoking? Um. So they go out of their way to do this, and that's that's what makes people's eyes roll. Go, oh, fuck you! Like, are you kidding me? Uh, it gives them it's a really fucked. convenient uh, scapegoat. If you don't like the movie, then it's yep. because of that. Yeah, it's because you're racist. It's because you're a bigot. It's because you're a homophobe. And suddenly, that's the that's the easiest way to explain why it didn't do well. Yeah, well, it have anything to do with bad directing, bad writing, bad conceptualization? Yeah. Here's the, but here's the thing, even even if that were true, let's say that that were true. Let's say that that's the reason why all these things fails because of bigotry, because of racism and all this stuff. Let's say that's, that's the actual case. That means that you're still not appealing to your broader audience. (laughs) That still means you're not following any kind of demographic and that you're a failing company because of it. Right. Enlisters, that's how that narrative falls completely apart. That argument that, oh, it's because of bigotry, it's because of racism. All of that falls apart the moment you bring up the fact that, well, if that's the case, then you're not appealing to your your larger audience, which means that your larger audience, you're still trying to say the broader audience that you should be appealing to is bigots and racists. So you're just insulting your entire audience right away. And you wonder why your company is failing? You just insulted your fans. How dumb are you? If I were if I were an investor, I'd be sitting there going, but you're still not making me money. You're still not making me money. You're appealing to the wrong crowds and you're still not making me money. Because that's all I care about as an investor. 
where's my money? Where's the money you promised me? So hiring back Bob Iger, God, that's a fucking travesty. Moving on to other entertainment news. um, (laughs) We have to address the Avatar 2 problem. Um, We've talked about this in the past, listeners, the fact that Avatar 2 is coming out. And while the first trailers, I I even gave my synopsis of what I thought it was going to be like uh, for the movie. It's going to, you know, I thought it was going to be like one one of those things like it's going to be the I, I don't need no man. Uh, no one's going to let me be a warrior kind of story. Cause that was the vibe I was getting from the daughter in the, uh, the first trailer saw a new trailer looks a little bit better. looks a little more entertaining and it looks like I was hopefully a little bit wrong. Uh, hopefully I'm way wrong. Um, it looks like it's going to be a lot more fun than I thought it would be. CGI, obviously fucking phenomenal, uh, looking, and I'm hoping that it's going to be, you know, eye candy, just like the first one was. Now I'm looking forward to it and listeners out of, I think out of everybody in our group, I'm probably the biggest fan of the original film, even though it's dances with wolves in space. Dude, I just thought of the honest, uh, the honest trailers title for this movie. What's that? Dancing with Smurfs pool day. <laughs> A day at the pool. Yep. <laughs> um, here's the thing though. Like we, we've had this, I I, I've had this discussion with, yeah. with Loach and, and stuff like that. Like, the first movie was kind of a, 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 it was a big deal. It was, it was a big deal in an achievement for mostly just where CGI was and where CGI could go. It was this. Go ahead. And how good 3d could be. Absolutely. If done right. Yeah. yeah if done right. Absolutely. It is to this day, listeners, the best 3d I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so that and had uh, this... Valerian are the only two that I've ever really held in any regard for 3D movies. Yeah, I agree. Valerian was was pretty freaking awesome just to watch. Uh, in the like, those are those things that like you look at and you're like, man, this is this is this is it. This is how the things are going to go for, forward. Fast forward, fucking 13 years later, and CGI is getting worse. Uh special effects are getting worse. Movies are getting worse. And you go, God damn, like, did we just hit the pinnacle and like, just everybody gave the fuck up. Now, let's just keep in mind. This doesn't put every movie into that category. There are plenty of movies out there that have been just absolutely pristine examples of what is done right. When you have practical and CGI put together and you know, you can't go wrong. They're just, these are awesome looking. Um, Mad Max being one of them, uh, just uh, Fury Road is is phenomenal, and if you get a chance, I I recommend checking out the uh, the making of for that. But that's still a rare exception because when you look at the entirety of uh, Hollywood films for the past decade, there are so many examples. There's there's way more examples of bad CGI than there is of good CGI. There's way more examples of bad special effects when you look at you know compared to good special effects. Just like there's way more examples of bad scripts to good scripts, and this isn't we're talking about like theater titles, not not, you know, made for TV shit. And you go, man, like it's affecting everything. It's affecting the industry at the highest level all the way through to TV. So when it comes to Avatar 2, obviously James Cameron's like, well, I want it to be the best looking thing like that. On top of that, you know, you have production costs, you have marketing costs. This movie has cost them a billion dollars. 
Well, I should rephrase that. The the films he was paid a billion dollars by Disney to make uh, the next, I think, three or four films. I'm I want to say three, but I could be wrong. It could be four. Uh, so a billion dollars to make the this entire films and make them one, you know, filming them one after another after another. So that's a huge production cost. On top of that, he went over budget. So they have to make at least at least a billion dollars back on this first film alone just to kind of break even with the first two films that they've been filming, filming side by side on top of that, there's reports that he has to make $2 billion uh, in order to make any kind of profit back for the first film. I don't buy that. I think that that's, he has to make $2 billion for making back profit of what it costs initially to start or to do the filming for the series that he's been putting together. So, I think that this is going to be one of those cases where they're not going to see any profit until the second film. Like, don't get me wrong. Maverick was able to pull off an amazing fucking feat. You know, it made back way more money than it cost, but that's the point. It didn't cost them nearly as much money to make. And they did it without China. So Avatar kind of has to have the worldwide release they have to have you know it's got to be in theaters in china it's got to be in in theaters around the world so i don't know if if fox is on that rocky road like i don't know if avatar is going to be on that rocky road if if anything in there is not going to mesh well with the ccp agenda so they kind of need that and it's lost a lot of its appeal the fact like the first movie was was great in its own right and yeah while people say oh well it's a recycled story so is dances with wolves dances with wolves is an original that's not an original story there's plenty of there's common stories throughout history of a a soldier being captured by the enemy becoming part of becoming part of their culture learning their culture and becoming with it uh last samurai is is basically (laughs) dances with wolves what'd you say it's a planet of the apes Planet of the Apes. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I've yeah, become the damn dirty ape. It's a story archetype. Story archetypes are just everywhere. I mean, they're they're yeah. very that's, common, that's basic, culture. easy yeah, comparisons. That's why I laugh my ass off with the uh, the comedian that made a, a big joke about pointing out that uh, uh, Harry Potter is just uh, uh, Star Wars with shitty lightsabers. <laughs> it's yeah. like. Yeah, I get it. It's like that's funny as shit. It's yeah, like it's not Star, far off. And, yeah, and Star Wars is like what's funny is when he says that though. Star Wars is based off of another archetype. It's based off oh, the yeah. hero story. Yeah. So this isn't new. And the problem is, is that now that we've had that in Avatar, where are they going to go from there with Avatar two? Like, what archetype? What archetype are you going to be able to to adhere to to try and make this? So I'm I'm kind of worried that Cameron is going to fall into the same trap that. Ridley Scott did of I made this amazing creation. I have to continue it and comes out with something that's shit. Right. That's like taught him his lesson for raising that bar. And that's, (laughs) you know, and part of, part of the, the established concern for that is the, the trailers that they did release didn't really tell you anything of what the story is going to be. Yeah. Like they're just shots. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it looks nice. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, yeah, the latest no trailer gives concept. you the yeah the latest trailer gives you the biggest peek into it, and it's basically uh, your you know the the Navi get their shit pushed in again. They leave to go visiting or go visit a you know 
a neighboring tribe, a cousin tribe that's the water that's that's a water tribe. You know, right now we're getting into to actual Avatar, Nickelodeon Avatar. <laughs> they're they're going to visit this neighboring you know water tribe. They're cousins from long or far far away, and they're going to go learn their culture. They're going to be part of their people, and then they're going to rise up and you know take on take on the humans again. So it's it's. And and they're already expecting they they already have a sequels lined up so they've already got three and four well, yeah, set and ready to got, go. You just said that. So well, supposedly they, they were. Now they got water. So yeah. Now they got to have earth. At least the early uh, uh, rumors uh, were that they were shooting both two and three at the same time. Supposedly, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I think added up to why it needs to make two billion dollars is because they have two films. Yeah, and they rolled the cost so, into to yeah. saying, "Yeah, we spent it on this." So, here's the thing: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say this specifically for Disney and Fox. This movie is not gonna make back its budget. I don't think. I don't think it will make back what it lost until after the second film or after the next film comes out, because it's gonna take two films coming out to make back what 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 it cost to make this film putting that out there of like, I think that this is going to be one of those things. If you have to write it off the first, the, the second film avatar two is a loss. And, and hopefully that money transitions over to a total gain from both films. Good to give it some perspective. According to this, the, uh, total revenue that Lord of the Rings has made from, from, uh, worldwide receipts was 2.9 billion. That's the entire trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And and that film was massively costly. Yeah. Uh, to the point of like Peter Jackson was literally draining his own money in because New Line Cinema basically refused to give him more money. And so he was he was having to invest his own money and his own company into it, which is why he eventually had to sue New Line and Warner Brothers to pay him the money they owed him. Uh because the films were so successful because he basically he basically put it on the line of like, fine, I'll fund it myself. And if the film sucks and doesn't do well, then you don't have to pay me. I'll just I'll eat the cost. And the films did astronomically well. Go yeah. fucking figure. Turns out they still owed him money <laughs> and they didn't want to pay him. But yeah, you I mean you're talking about cinematic masterpiece and it's maybe just about to crest three billion on on total sales of all time, and you're expecting two billion yeah. from Avatar two. So Avatar has to turn around and say, okay, well, we have to be this successful during a time of inflation, during a time where prices are sky high and people don't want to go see movies, during a time where people are tired of Disney shit and Disney owns Fox, who's distributing Avatar two. Oof, it's that's a that's a I can understand your concerns, Jim. Uh, that's a problem. That's a serious problem. And uh, I'm hoping that your film series is good and I'm hoping that Avatar 2 is good. I still want to see it, listeners, because like I said, out of everybody in the group, I really love the first movie. I've watched it several dozen times. Uh, and yes, I realize that it's just a rehash of an old story. I like the old story. It's fun. Yeah, I, I, enjoy, I, paid- I enjoy it. I paid twice to see it after its initial release in yep. 3D when it got re-released in theaters. Yeah, when they re-released yeah, this, was- the the extended cut in IMAX. God, that movie looked good. 
And I'm I am concerned about the uh, the runtime for it, though. This is supposed Ow. to be almost four hours. Ooh, fuck me. <laughs> You're asking, <laughs> you were asking a lot for me, James. Mr. Cameron, you're asking a lot. Just saying. At I, this point, you might as well bring back intermission I, if you're going to do that shit. Well, that's that's one of those things that I was like, this is going to push me even more though to watch it at home instead yeah. of going to see it at theaters. Exactly. I won't, at least I, I won't even pause watch. it and go take a piss. <laughs> I won't even watch Wakanda Forever because it's nearly three hours long in the theater. Like fuck that. No. I'm still debating on whether or not I'll watch it when it comes to Disney Plus, especially after like uh, I guess. Uh, I want to say her name. Angela is it Angela Bassett? Is that who plays? Oh, yeah, she 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 trashed the movie at least recently. I watched that interview. Uh, was, uh, basically, she was upset if the the major plot point twist in the movie. Yeah, and told the director it's probably not a good choice, and the director talked her into keep doing it. And yeah, ironically, that's one of the number one complaints about the movie is that plot twist. Yeah, she she wasn't happy with the plot twist. She wasn't happy with. Uh, she also wasn't happy with the uh, the fact that uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, had stated to his family and to I guess Disney as well that he wanted the the role recast. He wanted T'Challa to continue on after him, uh, and uh, they didn't do it. They instead capitalized on his his death to to say, "Oh, we can fully say it because ironically, there's another Marvel character they did recast in the MCU. The actor who played a Thunderbolt Ross passed away from cancer, yeah, and got recasted with Harrison Ford to reprise that role. Really, okay, yeah. I just i I don't know what they're like. I don't know what they're doing. Uh." Over at Disney, but, they know what uh, they're doing. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing over at Disney, and this is across the board Disney between or between Disney, Marvel, uh, Star Wars, and or you know Lucas and uh, and Fox. Like, dude, <laughs> go home. You're drunk. Like, somebody right, somebody needs to take the keys. Official official runtime is three hours and ten minutes, which puts it four minutes shorter than Titanic. Well, I mean that's that's quite a bit short of four hours, but it's still. That's a very long movie. Yeah. I mean, it's still a long movie now to me. You throw in trailers <laughs> on that, man. You said three hours, ten minutes? Yep. So you throw in the trailers, it's a four-hour movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, because yeah. they don't do trailers at, at before uh, before start time anymore. Yeah. On top of that, you're asking for $2 billion for a movie that's going to take, or that's taking away the average, or what, you know, what used to be the average of a two-hour film. If you had a two-hour film, you could fit in more time slots, more more the movie could run more often through the day. It can't run as often through the day because it's three hours long. Um, makes it uh, hard to make money probably back. dominate the, uh, the theaters. They'll probably easily four four plus theaters per your typical movie theater. Well, I, that, I fully believe because if you look what it's running up against, there's really nothing competing. Against yeah, and that'll that'll absolutely ring true if that stays for more than a week. If that kind of schedule stays for more than a week, if you get, if you're getting enough people in the seats, then yeah, if you're not, then that will drop off very quickly as we've seen with other films, uh, where like a film like, Oh, this is going to be a great box office hit. And then it comes out and people don't go see it. And they're like, Oh shit. Apparently we shouldn't have put it in so many theaters because nobody's watching it. But I think saying like they need to make the $2 billion in one movie is pretty unrealistic. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So right. they're, 
they're going to have to spread it out over the next couple of movies. Like, yeah, it's not going to make its money back until the, the, the movies are all in theaters. So. So, yeah, I just, uh, we'll see. We'll see how the movie goes. I'll I'm I'm. I'm hoping on a lot of things like I'm hoping it's going to be a good movie. I'm hoping that Cameron isn't going to pull a Ridley Scott like what happened with Prometheus. I'm hoping that uh, Disney stayed the fuck out of his way. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not filled with virtue signaling. I'm hoping that it's that it's just a it's just a movie for entertainment and wants to be a good movie. And I'm hoping that it that it does well and that it brings back that that love for cinema that people have. Uh, there are tons of movies that are like that that are that that can do that for an audience, but Hollywood doesn't focus on those so much. I mean, Maverick's one of them. Maverick was a movie that made me remember like just how good a movie can be and why I wanted to see films in theaters. I I want those experiences. I used to get them all the time with Marvel, but that <laughs> That quickly dropped off. That's what I said. The last Marvel movie I actually really loved was uh, No Way Home. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, only only oh, good movie in yeah only good movie in Phase Four. In, in reality, Shang Chi wasn't Chi, terrible, but you know, huh? <laughs> good. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Still one of my favorite cinematic scenes is when uh, Amazing Spider Man Garfield saves MJ. <laughs> That was such an amazing scene. Yeah, it's just it's one. And what's funny is Marvel can't even claim that because that's a Sony film. In reality, Disney can't even get the can't even really get the profits off of that film. No, but uh, it wouldn't have happened without the cooperation of both. I agree. But at the same time, that cooperation came way before that film. And the only one that really made any money off of it was Sony. So. Disney doesn't even get to claim like, hey, that was ours. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Two thirds of, of Spider-Man was was Sony. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of phase four was just, you know, trash or it was just meh. Like, don't get me wrong. Shang-Chi was actually entertaining to watch, but I'm pretty sure that I didn't recommend seeing it in theaters. Yeah. It's just you're trying to put on a movie that's being largely distributed by a bleeding company that is just slowly dying and refu- refusing to just say, Hey, you know, maybe we should change. Maybe we should go back. Maybe we should go back to just being a company that makes money and concerns ourselves with making money and, and trying to put out products that sell. And they're taking a beating across the board seems, dude, on the sidetrack, but too like, I've been watching other videos and like other things I watch at the, uh, the star Wars hotel is just tanking. Oh yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, they're falling apart across the board. Everything yeah. with their resorts have been fucking just, just a fucking bomb right now because universal is taking all of their, is taking, is taking all their money. Taking all their customers. Yeah. yeah. And you know why listeners overall as a company, they've stayed the fuck out of it. They didn't say, Hey, you have to go see this movie because of an agenda as a company. They just stayed the fuck out of it and said, Hey, yeah, we just want you guys to come in and, and give us money. We just want money. It's, it's not like a, a new philosophy for these companies. It's not something new. So when a film company doesn't do anything, it's sad when a film when a film company doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything, and that's refreshing. It's th- that's the refreshing part is the fact that they should just stay the fuck out of it. <laughs> and it, you know, it's funny because I I could think of a story. I remember a few years back when the CEO of Starbucks came out and went all anti U.S. military. Yeah, 
and literally the week after they canceled all Starbucks contracts on all U.S. military bases, and a week after that, you heard the shareholders fire the dude. Yeah. Well, Starbucks was going to, they were going to take a bath for that shit. Majorly. And that just shows that, hey, maybe you just don't worry about what the customers do in their private lives. Yeah. And just take their money. Yeah. How about you stay the fuck out of my life? I'll stay the fuck out of you or or, out of yours. And uh, we'll just give you (laughs) you money. (laughs) Yeah. I'll stay the fuck out of you. It's a dick joke. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise I'll be inside you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going into their business. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like this, listeners. Next time you go to a, next time you go to a restaurant or something like that, lead, lead, lead across the counter and tell the person, "I'm inside you." Let's see what they say. As you see the red blue lights, I recommend a bank. Door. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're in California, it won't matter. You won't get arrested for it, or Illinois, because that soon everything's going to be pretty much legal there too. Uh, oh. As long as you don't do it at the school, I guess. <laughs> We'd all appreciate that. So this kind of goes into the other stuff that's going on in industry, like the the industries that we that we love, that we used to put our time and money into, that we slowly are just kind of, eh, I don't really care <laughs> anymore. It's kind of sad. Like, how did we go from the geek out heroes to like I, the I don't care? Well, the apathetic heroes is just too mm-hmm. many fucking syllables. <laughs> <laughs> We are. We already know that CGI is getting bad. Like I already brought up the fact that you know Avatar was made 13 years ago, listeners, and CGI has just gotten worse and worse and worse. You look at some of the stuff that's been coming out lately, especially even from Marvel, uh, that used to have fantastic animation. I mean, how do you go from a studio that made Thanos to a studio that made you know She-Hulk? She-Hulk. That's fucking like, awful. Fucking Christ. Uh, and granted, these a lot of these animators aren't getting paid what they're worth. They're not getting paid what they should be in order to create better material and create better uh, uh, better products. But you go back and you look at Avatar that was made back in 2009. You're going, man, this this movie still holds up. All of the CGI is fucking phenomenal in that film. And it's just the quality has tanked in the industry. But it's not just there that's tanked. Like Anderson and I were talking about this earlier. Like the, the quality of AAA titles and games has just gone down. Yeah. Awful. Well, I was... I was bringing up a, a video post a couple of days ago by a legacy killer who talks about how the quality of our triple A games has deteriorated to the point now where that's supposed to be expected. Yeah, and sadly, many of us accept mediocrity is exceptional. And it shouldn't be that way. No, and listeners, if you know me, which I'm hoping if you've been listening to us, you do, that I have been griping about shit like this forever on the fact that there's the quality standards are just not there for for so many things. And it's the reason why, like, listeners, I don't want to be negative. I actually hate the fact that I'm so negative about shit. And the only reason I'm negative about shit is because of how terrible things have gotten. Like, that's the only thing that affects me on on that level is like, as games keep coming out and they're shittier and shittier and shittier, as movies keep coming out and they're shittier and shittier and shittier, like, what the fuck? Like, what do you, how do you, how do you expect me to continue to be hyped about anything? Coming from Star Wars, coming from uh, Naughty Dog, coming from any of these companies when their games just keep going to shit. Yeah. All of entertainment is this way right now. I mean, it's so bad that they're fucking they're looking at making a re a fucking remaster of of Horizon. Uh, sorry, of Horizon Zero Dawn. 
That game came out in 2017, and they're looking at doing a remaster? Are, are you shitting me? No. I think when we do remasters remake, we should be going back to the older titles that could use it. But they, like... Not... What just came out fucking three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, they're looking at doing a remaster of that. I'm like, there are so many games that deserve this that aren't getting it. The entirety of the God of War franchise before God of the the latest God or you know the two God of Wars yeah, that came out. Yeah, you have six games in that franchise that absolutely one hundred percent deserve remasters that were phenomenal and deserve to be on the latest consoles, deserve to be played by everyone. And you're you. Yeah, that's how I feel every time I see Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask in the Unreal Engine, right? Then I realize it's fan made and I go into a depression. Right. It's just, it's one of those things like there are some games that yes, they absolutely deserve a re uh, a remake and a reboot. But at the same time, you have to look at it and go like fucking silent Hill is finally getting it. Silent Hill two is getting a fucking remake. Way to go. Konami. That surprised the shit out of me. That made me so excited. You have no idea. I was so stoked. After hearing that. We're down on those pachinko machines. <laughs> But it should it should have been done years ago. Like Konami, you guys like you guys have a good you have good franchises that you do nothing that with. you do nothing with. And I'm hoping Santa Monica gets. I'm hoping Santa Monica it, it, that that's a serious, uh, you know, situation of Santa Monica asking Konami to let them do another Castlevania. Because could you imagine that the studio that brought us God of War doing that? Fuck yes, right. The sad part about it is the fact that they're having they're having to go back and do these reboots. They're having to go back and do these remasters because they have nothing else that's good. Nobody is coming in that's imaginative. Nobody's that's nobody's coming in that knows the tricks, that knows all these things of how to get games to do what they used to do. When you're sitting there going like, all right, look at Saints Row. When you're looking at Saints Row and you see how shitty that fucking game performs, just listeners, just technically. Not a, I'm not even talking about like the the story or anything like that. Just technically, that game performs like yeah. shit. And you look at the older games, and they perform better, and in some cases look better. Like what? There's the actually f- a few videos out there. If you get the new Saints Row and you compare it with the uh, a DLC add-on, Get Out of Hell, Get Out of Hell looks a lot better and performs better, and then the current game in the franchise. Yeah, that's why you're seeing. That's why you're you know get Dead Space coming out. That's a that's a remake. And while I love Dead Space, and that was a great game, I don't know if I'm willing to go through it again. Because uh, not that it was too scary, it was just one of those things. Like it was stressful <laughs> getting getting to to the end of that game. So I don't like I don't know if I I don't know if I'd be willing to go through that again. I'm be um, willing to go through. I think two was the more but, stressful. But what's one funny is yeah, the unstoppable boss. Yeah, th- what's funny is I say that, and at the same time, I'm willing to play Callisto Protocol. So. But the difference is, is that Callisto Protocol is one made by the original creators of Dead Space, so I know it's probably going to have decent gameplay. It's probably going to have a similar story, but it looks better and it's newer. So why would I? Why would I go to Dead Space? The whole thing with reboots was it used to be one of those things where like you revitalize, you're you're bringing back a franchise that was either forgotten or a group of games that people have loved well, or or have been in you know endearing to a franchise and you wanted to bring it back so that people could experience it again later but unless you're going to go back and actually fix something that was wrong or do a better story this time or or expand on the old story it's kind of pointless and with dead space they're already saying that it's not really a remaster it's a it's a reboot cuz they're going to re start try to get back into the series again or something like that 
but the problem is that they already attached into their like it's being made for modern audiences and i was like oh shit uh, yeah instant red flag anytime i hear made made being made for a modern audience god dude that all that says to me is being made for the tw- the values of twitter sweet looking forward to it you know something that's already invaded our movies and has pretty much ruined hollywood and uh, ruined the movie industry is now making its way into video games can't wait so I'm not against remasters, listeners. I actually like remasters, especially for older games, because it brings them into the forefront. It brings them back into people's minds, and they should be played. But I don't really care for, hey, we're going to reboot it, and then them tacking on the made-for-modern audiences. Like Saints Row was made for modern audiences. Literally, a quote. And we all know how that turned out. Uh, they said that for the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic that was being made that got canceled, which, again, instantly made me worried. And that game got canceled. Who knows all of the extent of what took place in the background for that or what the state of the game was in before it got canceled. And maybe that's for the best based off of made for a modern audience. So you have these these companies saying, OK, we're going to do a reboot or a remaster. and while we appreciate remasters because it's the same game we had, only it looks better. It's not bringing in new talent. It's not bringing in. I, it shouldn't. I shouldn't say it's not bringing in new talent. It's not bringing talent up. It's not making them learn the tricks of the trade. It's not making them having to figure out new ways of doing things. They're using the old ways of doing things, but they're not learning from them, and they're not implementing them in new in new in newer games. So the quality in AAA titles is just tanked. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Ubisoft has gone from we made good games that, yeah, while, while glitchy were really, really inter- entertaining and fun to we just make the same game over and over and over again until we can bury it in the fucking ground. And then when we're when we're finally six feet under, we'll start piling the dirt on top of us ourselves until you guys stop buying it because we have nothing Assassin's else. Creed just became just like that. It's just like Madden and Call of Duty. It's just the same shit over and over. Well, same thing yep. with Far Cry. What no like, quality upgrade? Oh, Far Far Cry has been that way since Far Cry uh, three. Yeah, it was the same. Basically, the same story as two, different setting. Far Cry four, same story as three, different setting. It, it's 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 just it's re, you know rinse and repeat, rinse and what repeat. You can do a different map and a different villain, but same thing. Yeah. Oh, not some of them aren't even different villains. It's basically the same fucking villain you had before. Yeah. It's just a, a reskin of them. Unless just some of you might be sitting there going, well, you're a Halo fan. You've been putting up for that with that for years. And technically, you're right. I mean, Halo is just a rehash of Halo, right? But the difference is, is that the quality and the the quality of the story, the quality of the gameplay was always there, and it wasn't really buggy. Now, Infinite and Halo 5 are very different stories compared to that, right? Clearly, a lot of fans had problems with these games, and I have a major, major problem with Halo Infinite. Because why? It feels like a Ubisoft game. It's very mediocre. Nothing about it feels genuinely good. It just seems kind of slapped together and, hey, here's your product. And that's what Ubisoft games feel like to me. Very cookie cutter. But, you know, take Halo Infinite, for example. That game came out and it's just not the same quality. Like, there's nothing about it that makes you go, this, this is Halo. I mean, when you look at Halo 4, at least you can, like, you might not like the story. That's fine. Not everybody did. 
But at least with Halo 4, you can say that's Halo still. The gameplay's there. Everything about it says Halo. Even the multiplayer says Halo. Halo Infinite is just garbage. The quality's not there. Something fell off. Yeah. This, there's just a laundry list of, of AAA developers, games that we always expected to be good quality games that turn out like shit because of they, this. They literally have the most money to put into a game yeah. to make it good, and they throw quality control right out the fucking window. Yeah. Whereas you got indie developers who are operating off a constrained budget, and it tends to be a passion project because it's their fucking life, yeah. and it's amazing. And it operates on a tiny fraction of the budget that a lot of these AAA developers get. Yeah, there's so many good games out there. It's stupid. You know, and Miles has been saying this for years, listeners, of the fact like it's the era of the indie, like the the rise of the indie games. And the reason is, is because of this shit, because developers have just stopped caring. Yeah, AAA has become shovelware. Basically, yeah. It's, it's, It's the same thing, rinse and repeat. And it's not just the same thing, rinse and repeat. It's the same thing, rinse and repeat while lowering the quality. And uh, I can bring this up and I can bring this into into God of War. This is what made me fear that God of War was going to be bad. While I was excited as hell and I was looking forward to completing, you know, going through more of Kratos' story. He is one of my all time favorite characters ever. It is one of my favorite franchises that's ever been created. Uh I mean, you can ask the guys, I wouldn't stop shutting up about it and even offer to, you know, let, let them borrow my PlayStation three so they can experience the other, the older games. I think I'm the only one that took you up on an offer. Uh, no, I think Shana actually borrowed my PlayStation and went through them. Correct. Miles. Yeah. 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 She went through. It's a fantastic franchise. It has a really, it has a really good story. And since they came out with 2018, it has had a, just a a far more in depth story and, uh, breathing new life into the character that I never thought possible. But I was worried about this one. I was worried about this one because of the simple fact is, is that, okay, well, I've seen quality drop off and listeners, we've seen some quality drop off in this one. It's not, it's not immune to it. And when I say quality drop off, it's mostly in the balancing, the balancing of the game has a problem. And it's with the combat and you guys can sit there. Listeners, you could sit there and say, well, you're just bad at it. I'm not bad at God of War. <laughs> I am not bad at God of War. And to prove it to myself, I went back to the first guy or to the 2018 God of War. I also have been playing through God of War 2. I've been playing through God of War 2 on God mode. And I'm wrecking shop. I'm still good. I'm still good at the old God of Wars. I'm, I'm still good at God of War 2018. Uh, God of War ragnarok is the the difficulty for it is not balanced when it says give me balance it is not balanced whatsoever and the difficulty settings for it are astronomically different like you go back one step it's not even the give me story step it's just the the i can't remember what it's called like i consider the give me story step is that's the uh that's the easy mode and then you have the one up above that which should be considered the normal mode isn't the normal mode. And then after that, you have give me balance, which give me balance in the last God of war. Yeah, that was, that was difficult at times, especially with the Valkyries. Yeah. But it was doable. Like I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had to lower the difficulty 
on God of on God of War eight two thousand eighteen until I took on really really until I took on the Valkyrie Queen. That was the first time I went. I might need to lower the difficulty because that bitch is hard. Yeah. Uh, this one, I got ha- like halfway through, and I'm halfway through the story, and I go, "Man, I'm gonna have to lower the difficulty on this. This is fucking bullshit." Like I'm taking on trash enemies like travelers and getting my shit pushed in instantly hits yeah, me in my travelers are supposed to be a sub bosses. Yeah, yeah. Instantly hits me in my fucking health bar goes to almost nothing. And I go fucking Christ. Like, what is this Elden ring? Like I, I literally felt like at times I was facing Elden ring bosses where I'm having to play smarter and not able to go in Knowing the combos that I know, knowing all the all the mo- different move sets, switching weapons that I can do, and able to to, to wreck shop, I, I, and it came up with a specific one. There was a traveler that every time I hit him, all of my my weapons would bounce off of him. Like I was like, am I supposed to fucking bare knuckle box this fucker? Because this is insane. Unless there's in 2018, the God of War in that the combat system is so much smoother than the newer one. Like I can switch combos, change weapons so much better. And the move sets are just they they're easier to use. I don't know what it is. But I take on this traveler and I can't get through for anything. Try using my shield on him, bounces off. Like nothing could get through, and I had no clue how the fuck I'm supposed to beat him. Mm-hmm. So I ended up I had an issue with the very first traveler on Ragnarok where I was throwing my spears on him and they would just dissipate. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh the thing that I was having an issue with was like, since I couldn't get a hit on this guy, I was literally just having to use Atreus the entire time and no joke. Like I was literally skirting him around this fucking rock for an hour. Well, I think Atreus okay, just so fucking pelt him, pelt him, pelt him until I want to help hop in this conversation with the Ragnarok. Cause I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I could tell you, so I'm playing uh, give me balance, which is supposed to be the normal mode, which I feel like it's hard mode. Yeah. Uh, I was able, the only way I was able to take down the Traveler is I had to go full combo like I was playing Street Fighter. Well, you're playing, yeah, you're, 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 you're on an earlier Traveler than me, though. That's the thing. Like, I got past all that. Like Miles, when I go into a game and I explore an area, I pretty much don't leave until I've done almost absolutely everything else I can do. Yeah. There's, I did the same thing on my first, uh, so uh, fallen king. So there was there was there was no fire. there was no me going back to an area after you know if as long as that area existed and I could continue to explore I was there I just stayed there I I had take before this I had taken on other travelers like I there were they I I I'd beaten everything else I come across this one and I just can't do damage it's fucking insane I hadn't encountered it with any of the other ones. And that was the moment where I was just like, I'm going to have to lower the difficulty after this. Like after, after it took me an hour to beat one guy who's, who's a no, nothing non boss. God damn. Nothing in the game should be able to one shot you. No. Simple as that. I don't care what happens. difficulty you're on. Nothing yeah. It absolutely happens. happened to me. Yeah. It finally happened to me in the game yeah. where I had that. I thought I was crazy. Uh, I'm in the, Without giving that much of a story, in the game in Ragnarok, you come across these tombstones that you open up, and they're basically the new Valkyries. Not really a spoiler, listeners. I mean, people, people have been talking about the Berserkers for the last couple of weeks. 
So I came across the twin sister berserkers in the desert, and that's what took me. They took me down in two hits. Wait till you take on three at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then, you know, I you know, insanity. I kept repeating it over and over and over until I was like, "There's no way." Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, there was there was one that just kept like I had one that just kept spamming the same fucking attack over me, like on me all the time. Uh, and it was electricity, and I could, and, and its AOE took up the almost the entire arena. I was like, I can't dodge this. Like, there's there there's literally no dodge in my repertoire of everything else that I can get out of the way of this in time. Well, and your dodge is absolute fucking garbage in this one. Oh yeah, so. it's trash. Um, yeah. It's, it's it, in that aspect, in the balancing and the move sets, and just the feeling of being powerful. It is just dog shit compared to the previous one. Yeah, your move sets are. I, I, I have to say, like listeners, I went back to like I said, I'm I'm actually currently going through God of War 2018 again, and I did it primarily because I wanted to start out figuring out, like, hey, am I wrong? Like, was was 2018 harder than I remembered? Nope. I went back in there and I instantly felt like Kratos again. I felt like the God of war. I was just wrecking shop and I knew all the move sets. I knew all the combos and I was just kicking ass and I'm going, what the fuck? Like what, what is it going? What's going on between these two games? I go back to, to Ragnarok and instantly it's because one, the move sets are different. You have different abilities. And while it makes sense in the game, it's also very inconvenient because it doesn't create a fluidity that I had from 2018. Like in 2018, the combos, like the combat was so fluid on switching from blades of chaos to the ax. Like it was instantaneous on top of that. You know, you have the instant turnaround capability of facing another enemy. Uh, like you, you could just keep flowing and kicking the shit out of everything around you from one thing to the next using a special ability, switch to another weapon, use a special ability. Like it was instantaneous. Yeah. And sometimes you'll go to switch a weapon in this one and it won't fucking do it. And it just, yeah, just refuses, just doesn't do it. So that's what we're talking about. Like when we say there's, there is a quality drop off and there has been a quality drop off in Ragnarok. Now, uh, I can give you guys a quick review on it and, and let you know, cause the rest of the guys are still going through it and we'll, we'll do a full, full synopsis review listeners when the guys all get, get finished with it. Uh, I blew through the game. Uh, I got, you know, I got platinum again. I loved the story. This is, this is a, such a well-told story. It gives you all kinds of emotions throughout and I honestly don't see them doing anything after this. After this story, I don't see them going to another God of War. We'll see. Who knows? But I, I don't see it continuing. I, I see this. This is the finality to the story and uh, to the entirety of the story. And it's so well told that you're just like, when you're done, you're just like, God, that was so fucking good. Even with all the gripes that I have about the gameplay and uh, how the mechanics don't quite come together as they did in the, the last one that all kind of just drops off from your thought because the story is so good and so well told that you're going to just be like, all right, all's forgiven for that because that story was amazing. Uh, and you're grateful. It's, it's such a gratifying end that you're, you're going to love it, but you do have to keep in mind. It is not a perfect 10 out of 10. Like the gameplay does have issues. It def- it, in my opinion, definitely needs to be fixed. 
I mean, listen, this is, this is the first God of War I've ever had where I fell through the planet. You know, we've had moments where we can't switch weapons. Miles has had moments where he couldn't actually interact with something. It just wouldn't. It refused. That happened to me on at one point where I couldn't interact with the boat. Just couldn't. Just couldn't. Couldn't do anything. Just stood there. I had to come out of the game, go back in, and suddenly it worked again. So, yeah, there are definitely more bugs in this game than there were in the previous one, in my opinion. And it's, you know... I realized the first game probably had its issues and, and got patched, but still it, it feels like this should have been more polished. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what the rest of the guys say. So let's just, I still recommend you play it. If you, if you love the God of war series, you're going to play it anyways. Uh, but if you haven't played God of war, absolutely play God of war. Even if you, you don't have anything before 2018, 2018 all the way up is, is, you know, that is, that yeah. is good enough. I would recommend doing the recap scenario or a synopsis of the entire series. So you understand a little bit more of uh, kind of Kratos's entire path and like what's led him to being the person he's become. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I think uh, marvelous videos on YouTube does a pretty good one. Do they? Okay. So, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's one of those things like you're starting to like, we're, we're, it's not just that we're starting to notice it. We're starting to notice it even in games and franchises that we've always depended on for this is where our quality is. This is where, where we go to. This is my go-to of I can depend on you guys to make a good move or to make a good game. And now I can't trust it from Naughty Dog. I can't fully trust it from Santa Monica. Oh, it just happened again this weekend with the uh, from Game Freak. The uh, scores are coming out with the latest Pokemon game. Yeah, yeah. And usually that's like a set stable for Nintendo. Like it still made gangbusters because there's really not much out for the it's Nintendo Pokemon. Switch. I think it's a big factor. It's Pokemon. But to hear about a Pokemon game that is not as good quality as the previous ones. Yeah. To me, is a yeah, bad it's, time. it's buggy. It has tons of glitches. Like it, it needed some time to cook listeners. It needed, it absolutely needed some more development time and it didn't get it. So that coming from a Nintendo game is a big red flag. Cause Nintendo is one of the staples where, Usually when they come out with a finished product, it's usually a finished For their first party titles, absolutely. Their first party is always, like, their first party titles, even if you don't like the game, it's always, they've always had this mark of quality of, like, you know, it's a Nintendo game. It's, it's, this is a first party title. It's going to have a quality that, that, that it should. And the same used to be able to be said for most of Sony's titles and most of Xbox's titles as well. But Nintendo was always a little more consistent. In all reality, it's we the the issues we have with uh, God of War, yeah, almost kind of the same thing with uh, Horizon, because you went from Horizon Zero Dawn to Forbidden West. And Forbidden West, I got my yeah. ass fucking whooped, and Forbidden West for like the first, I don't know, quarter or third of the game. Yeah, uh, I didn't have to drop down the difficulty though; it wasn't that much of a fucking night and day, but. Very much the same thing of, you know, you just made this harder just to make it harder. Yeah. Uh, and I fully agree. I think that they so desperately be be kind of like Elden Ring, because right now I'm pretty sure Elden Ring is going to get game of the year and it's been holding the title. It's, they sound like, they felt like they were trying to copy it. From my perspective, because, you know, we all play games. I'm having, I'm struggling playing God of War. I just finally knocked it down a notch, and I am the Leroy Jenkins of this group. Yeah, listeners, you, you like it, when he says Leroy Jenkins, that's kind of incorrect because Leroy Jenkins was an idiot who got his entire company killed. 
<laughs> yeah, I still survived. For, he, he was bad. He was bad. He was bad at <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, the the only thing that Anderson is really Leroy Jenkins in as is if we're in a party of people and he'll be the one that just runs in, gun, you know, guns blazing. What what's true about Anderson though is when it comes to fighting games like this, is like you know brawlers, anything like that. He is the combo king out of all of us. Like we're talking about somebody who just who can go 600, 600 hits and not break. And you're just like, okay, well this, this is somebody who could clearly hang with the best of us. And out of this group is, is clearly the best of us when it comes to brawlers. And if he's having to tell, like that's, that's why when he told me today that he had to finally lower the difficulty, I went, Jesus Christ. Like that's a problem. Yeah. When you put it on the lowest difficulty setting, cause that's what the fuck I did. And I still get my shit pushed in by certain enemies. I'm like, fuck this game sometimes, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. I didn't do the, the I didn't do the give me story, but there is definitely like, so I didn't go to, I didn't go to, to, to the give me story. I did the, the one that's just above that in between the two, uh, give me balance and and give me story. So I dropped it one notch. I was instant. I instantly listeners instantly felt like I was Kratos again. It was almost, it was just night and day. It was so stupid. And I just fucking started kicking ass and I start going through. I'm like, this feels like God of war. Like even when I'm overwhelmed, it felt like God of war going through all, like going through all of uh, the challenge arenas, went through all of those, did it in one go and just fucking was, was cleaning a house. I failed one time out of it and came back, did it again, passed it, just kept, kept going through it. And I did, and I, and I did, okay. I did it without dying. And, uh, but there, but there was one enemy <laughs> post post credits or, you know, post, I shouldn't, I don't know if post credits post main campaign ending, I should say, uh, there was one enemy that you can go after, after all of it's done. And I did that. And it was as if I never lowered the difficulty at all. It was, yeah. it was. It was almost like I was fighting the Valkyrie Queen again from the 2018 God of War. Uh, not quite on that level because the first time I faced her, on, I was I was still doing Give Me Balance at the time. I must have died ooh, 30, 30 or forty times. It was it was brutal. I was that game was pissing me off tremendously because she was so ludicrously hard compared to everything else that we faced. Uh, and listeners, I recently recently just fought her again and yeah she's still just as fucking hard still the hardest thing i've fought in, in any god of war period she is the the millennia of that game i mean she is super fucking tough she'd probably give millennia a run for her money i i have a set thing i do like after my third death with her i you know took a break took a break yeah that's probably Went outside and i blared a, a eye of the tiger out real loud and hyped myself <laughs> that's up probably for the in. best uh, on this on this enemy and listeners, I don't want to give away the enemy because it is it is part of story. So uh, it's just not part of the main campaign. It's a side mission. I fought and I was getting my shit pushed in for at least six or seven times. And I finally, finally got got the some of the patterns down of what they were doing. And, but again, when I'm sitting like I finally got some of the patterns down, like while, yes, the game's always been about patterns. It's never been to the point of where it's like Elden Ring patterns. And that's what I felt like I was doing again. I get that you have to play smarter sometimes, but fucking Christ, this is God of War. This isn't Elden Ring. 
and I was back. So I was thinking, of, I was thinking Mega Man X. Got to memorize the yeah, pattern. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, fast. it's. I but I was ba- yeah. I was back in Elden Ring mode. Like I was I was back into play smarter. Don't don't rush in. You know, wait wait for your opening. Dodge dodge where you can and and get in there where you where you should. That's that's where I that's the mode I went into again of like you having to remember to like if, on this enemy close the distance uh, as soon as they start doing something basically dodge until you can get to a weak point and listeners if you're if you're wondering like I I I've said this before I finished Elden Ring I I beat it I I have I think I, I I'm missing two uh, achievements on it on Steam and that's because I missed one uh, I literally I literally missed one pickup uh, one uh, uh, weapon that you're that's a special weapon in the game uh which i'm gonna go through the game again and eventually get that i loved elden ring the guys know this i even told them how much i loved it uh it was a great time uh learning the learning the mechanics learning how to fight in that game learning how to use the systems in it while it is a tremendous grind and i'm not going to ignore the fact that it's a ludicrous grind in my opinion it's it's when i say grind it is almost Um, not quite but almost levels of destiny grind uh where you're just trying to build up your character to get them tough enough to take on the next enemy which is bullshit in my opinion a game should be you should naturally progress through a game without having to have the extra grind to the point where you can take on the enemy naturally towards the end but here's the thing elden ring has no difficulty settings and it's based off of what your actual capabilities are as a player so sometimes you're going to have to go and grind a bit and come back later it makes a little more sense than that since there is no difficulty setting in a game where there is a difficulty setting. God damn. If I'm having to play God of war and I'm playing it on normal and I have to sit there and say, I have to lower it. And I've never done that for other gods of war. Something's off. Yeah. I was infuriated when I had to do it. Yeah. It's not, it's not balanced, but the thing is, is when you, when I, when I did it, when I lowered my difficulty, I instantly felt relief. I instantly felt better. I instantly was enjoying the game again. Because I did it, for one fight, and then uh, my difficulty was broken. <laughs> yeah, Miles had a weird glitch. So there was a there's a strange glitch, listeners, and this is this is part of the quality thing. Of he tried lowering his difficulty, and it took for one like took for like one go, and then his his difficulty level went back up to give me balance. And it even said that in his saves. Yep. So his his saves were fucked off. Now he eventually came back, and it it finally took. It finally actually did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, supposedly um, they had fixed it. And uh, yeah, and and the only reason why he came back to try it out was because I said, yeah, supposedly they they, they put out a patch that fixes that issue. Uh, but if you have to put out a patch to specifically fix that issue, that means that you're getting a lot of complaints from people saying, "I'm having to lower the difficulty. Your game wasn't balanced." So this kind of goes back to is quality assurance and quality and in, in, in game testing still occurring in games. And while I still believe that Santa Monica studio pro they, I, they had to have used they game testers and they still yeah. produce good quality. I think that a lot of the stuff, uh, I think a lot of this stuff kind of gets overlooked in some ways of. See, is, I have a very common glitch that I've had multiple times now where as I'm finding enemies, they'll fall like off a cliff but they don't actually die and I can't hit them. Really? I haven't had that. I haven't had that. I've, I've had it happen to me multiple times now. In fact, I usually thank God when they fall off a cliff. <laughs> right. I'm usually Although, the one throwing I'm them out, off man. a cliff. Yeah. Like I say, usually I gotta I'm the one throwing them. I got to rip out its fucking jaw so I can get my jigglies going. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's 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 a really good game. Listeners, it's worth playing, but it definitely yeah. is suffering from the same thing that we're starting to see in other that we that we've been seeing in AAA. That's that. I think that's going to be a continuing issue for a while. I think that I think the issue too is that these companies, I think, because now everything's so accessible online, they want to produce the product out sooner and patch it later. Well, that's been a problem since the PS3 yeah. and the Xbox 360. And, and I think now it's, it's uh, a bigger problem now. And I, I think the mindset they should have is, how about we just come up with a finished product and then we patch what needs to be done? I don't think I don't think we're in just a patch it later problem anymore. I think we are in a. I th- I think that Saints Row made it very evident that we are now in a. The tricks of the trade are no longer there because the talent that once was in there are gone. They've either left the industry or they're making indie titles now for themselves. Or they're just not so, given the time to actually do what they need to do. Yeah. So that's also a possibility. Or teach that, what they need to teach. Yeah. You know, any I mean, feedback they're getting from any kind of testing or anything like that is just being completely ignored and just push the game. I mean, listener, like if you want to listeners, if you want to see anything more evident, uh, go back and play God of War three, go back and play God of War three and realize that that game, even on the PlayStation five and PlayStation four, that game that you're seeing has not been enhanced when it says remastered. Yeah, I thought it was just the HD textures, yeah. And and realize that that game was on the PS3 at the end of its life cycle, and it was still running, <laughs> and it ran pretty well on there. And think about the fact of like the amount of tricks and shit that they had to do in order to get that game to work on a PS3. And now imagine the same thing happening with a console today. It's not going to happen. You're not going to see them pushing the envelope like that and trying to figure out how do we get this lighting to work? How do we get this to look to work? How do we get this to look like this? How do we get the character to do this? Instead, you get half-assed things. You get half-assed animation. You get massive amounts of pop in. You get, you know, you get these ridiculous, like ridiculous moments, like in fucking Sonic Generation or Sonic. What's the the new, Sonic Frontiers? Sonic oh, Frontiers yeah, which is now already half off. Jesus yeah. Christ! Like, er, like the amount of people who keep defending that game is unbelievable to me. Like, I watched gameplay for it from Skill Up, and he's fucking spot on. The textures and everything like that, the amount of pop in in that game alone should make you guys infuriated with that title. And yet, it's accepted. Why? Because there have been so many shitty Sonic games before that that you're just happy to have a Sonic game. And that's it. That's what happens in these franchises. If they make so many shitty games that you go, oh, finally something that's sort of decent. It, we, like we're, gamer, we're gamers and nerds with Stockholm Syndrome. We're just accepting this shit instead of demanding better for our money. That's why you have people who do review bombs. That's why that happens is because people just finally get fed up and go, fuck this this is the only way I'm going to get my voice heard. So I'm going to go ahead and review bomb the shit out of this. And while it's going to be accepted as cancel culture, no one's going to realize that the only reason why this is happening is because you pushed me to this. At some point when, as we as gamers say, fuck it, we're not giving you our money. Yeah. I just, we've already, we've already begun to do it on a small scale, but it's not happening at a large scale because people still keep giving these companies money. Yeah. I mean, look like for instance, Look at uh look at Activision and Ubisoft. Like those two companies were involved in controversies that should have crippled them. Like any other company, if this had come out years back and had been publicly known, God, they'd be out of business. 
the shit that that Blizzard and Activision were doing, especially to their female employees. Jesus Christ, how the fuck are you guys still around? And then you have Activision saying, "Oh, we have we investigated ourselves. We're fine. <laughs> we didn't do any wrongdoing." Like what? I'm waiting for a criminal justice system to take on the same idea of letting people investigate themselves and then tell everybody that we did nothing wrong. Never mind the fact of the amount of photo evidence, the amount of evidence from conversations that people had online, the amount of conversations people had over email within the company. It's all there, but these companies are still in business and nobody boycotted them. The gaming community still buys your games in droves, still gives you money out the ass for your shitty fucking games like overwatch 2 overwatch 2 is such a like listeners i hate overwatch and i can look at overwatch 2 and the shit that they've done for it that is a massive step down from the first overwatch how are you guys putting up with this shit how is it that you have not just completely said fuck you i'm out and turn that into another anthem go back to the first overwatch it was a better game And yet you're still just putting up with it. It's the same thing that happens with Call of Duty. It's the same thing that happens with anything else. And people are, you know, people didn't, didn't boycott the shit out of them, but Oh, Hogwarts legacy. It's attached to an author that is supposedly transphobic simply because she said things that aren't with the woke crowd. She went against the whole, uh, you know, people who menstruate fucking statement. She pointed out the fact that there used to be a, uh, you know, name for, for people like that. Uh, I believe they're called women. Uh, like she, she just said like, she's what, like she was pointing out common fucking sense. You know, she pointed out the fact that if sex isn't a real thing and that's not how, you know, we judge gender, then, uh, there's no such things as uh, same sex attraction. Wow. Using logic. God forbid. She simply pointed out the fact that you got like the, the whole move, this whole movement has been completely bonkers. And she was just pointing out the the illogical fucking arguments that people try to use. On top of that, she tried to say that women should have safe spaces. Women should have sports. Women should have their own bathrooms. They shouldn't feel unsafe in these areas. They shouldn't feel like they're having to compete with another gender. That they're having to fight another gender. And they shouldn't feel ashamed for having to call it out. And if you're wondering what I mean by fight another gender, how about you go and look at the MMA fights that take place between a man who has transitioned to a woman versus a woman. And let me know how that turns out, because the majority of the time, severe physical harm is done to the female contender, not the transitioned female. Way to go. Way to go, MMA. Way to be intelligent with that. Jesus Christ, how, how long does it take for society to finally kick in and go, maybe we're fucking stupid. But no, people took it as personal attacks only on them. She wasn't specifically calling any individuals out. She was simply pointing out the fact of like, this used to be a common understanding in our, in our society and in our communities. What the fuck is happening? And then they want to boycott her for it. Get fucked. Give me a fucking break. And every actor that turned on her, they're virtue signaling nutbags. They're in Hollywood. They just wanted to have more fans and to make sure that, oh, we're not associated with that. So they had to distance themselves from them. Some PR agent probably told them they had to do that shit. It wasn't out of their own kindness. Give me a fucking break. You think Emma, you think Emma Watson really thinks that, oh, uh, 
Yes, if you're a trans person who's transitioned to a female, you menstruate too. Give me a fucking break. That's biologically impossible. And then they want to also turn around and say, oh, well, the women who have transitioned over to men still menstruate, so they should be included in that. Well, I'm sorry, but biologically, you're still a woman then. This is just simple science. This isn't unproven theory. These are facts. If I tell you I'm a cat, doesn't make me a cat, does it? <laughs> I can't technically transition over to the feline persuasion. That's not possible. But you have people who literally want this. Yes, there are literally listeners. There are literally people who, who want to be recognized as cats. And the saddest part about it is that most people within the LGBTQ community, along with the rest of the fucking society, still see things the way they are. You know, based in actual reality, based in fact. So again, I have to ask the question, when is society going to step in and go, you know what? Shut the fuck up. We're not going to listen to you anymore. This is abnormal. This is the normal. This is abnormal. We used to do that with psychology. That's how you judge whether somebody was insane. They were doing something abnormal. Now we're literally verging closer and closer to, oh, you can't tell what somebody is, you know, whether somebody is insane or not, because it's their reality. It's their truth. So J.K. Rowling spoke facts, which somehow conflicts with their truth. And now you have a million signatures that say, oh, we're going to boycott the game. Get fucked. You weren't going to buy the game in the first place. They weren't selling it to you. So no big loss. Everyone else who was going to buy the game to begin with already bought the game or pre-ordered it and are going to buy the game. So jokes on you. Game's probably going to still do well. You're a bunch of fucking virtue signaling douchebags. Who think that, oh, because I'm showing that I have virtues and that I, that I agree with this one group, that I'm better than everybody else. And this is why you should do it, too. I didn't see you guys standing up to fucking Activision, all the media who's, who's writing articles about this shit. You, you guys didn't call for a boycott at Activision. Why? Oh, because Activision was actively buying advertising on your websites. Weird how that works. You know, the two companies who actually harmed people actually harmed their employees and aren't looking after anybody and you guys did nothing and now because this oh because she said some things that made complete fucking sense well we have to it's a boycott her shut the fuck up yeah the vast majority of them are likely ones that never partook in the books or the movies or the theme park or anything like that so who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you have even the games media trying to push this narrative like, oh, well, I, this is why I'm not going to buy it is because I'm standing up for my trans friends. Talk about virtue signaling like me and recognize me as an ally. Well, you know, it was it, a lot. And I'm sure a lot of it was the same people that were like, oh, there needs to be a trans option. The character creator like you're a child. Like, why are you concerned with the genitalia? Of a child. child. Yeah. Like, I'm it, pretty sure well, the same thing could be asked about society in the general right now, Miles. Why are, yeah. why are doctors and why, why are, you know, why is everything, why, why is all this, you know, transgender uh, shit being pushed on the youth of today? Why are you guys so concerned with, with child, with children's genitalia? Because there's more pedophiles today than there were. <laughs> and you wonder why people keep calling you fuckers groomers. Listeners, we're aware that not everyone within the gay community, not everyone within you know the trans community or anything like that, are groomers. We realize that. There are groomers within every community in the world, including straight communities. There are plenty of them in the straight communities. Just look at all the teachers that keep getting caught with it. 
But if you're spending most of your time trying to push these agendas on children, children whose minds aren't even fully developed, I mean, people continue to develop into their 20s. Your own personality will change up until your 30s. So yes, it does become a question of like, why are you so concerned about this when in regards to children? Like, why are you guys trying to push this so hard on the youth? I can understand if it's under the uh, thought process of, well, it's going to help kids develop into understanding the world around them and to have acceptance of other people. Well, there's a difference between acceptance and tolerance. And I think everyone should have a tolerance of other people, but not everyone's going to accept differences between one another. That's been true throughout the history of humanity. We don't always accept each other for our differences. But when you tell this to an adult, they say, yes, I know that. Okay, so why is it being pushed so hard on the youth of today? Why would you need an option like this in a video game? Especially in a video game that's primarily made for teens. People who haven't developed into adults. Who, you know, kids who have very little understanding of the world around them. So I have a hard time believing when somebody says, oh, it's to create tolerance and acceptance because I generally don't trust other people. So I don't trust everyone's intentions, you know, road to hell and all that. So when it came to this game, we actually had people saying that, oh, well, I want a transgender character or they need to have they them pronouns in Hogwarts. I have to ask them this. If anybody can be any sex and you're not going to see the genitalia in the game, why don't you just in your own mind decide that that's the person that this person's transgender to yourself? Is it because they're not going to use your pronouns right. in the game in a, in a game that takes place back in the, was the 1800s? Yeah, I think so. Who in the 1800s is using they, them or demon or flibla or zip zap. Zibbity zip, zibbity well, it took, it took place back in the 1800s, but if you look at the historical context, it was primarily used for plays, theater. For what? The the whole pronouns they them because people yeah. say oh it was used way back then, but if you go down there and you see what historical documents have, the primary context it was used for was Shakespearean theater. Well, also they also they them has always been used as a pronoun when describing somebody that's not there. Uh, but you don't you know there there's there are times where where. Sh- she, her, him, you know, whatever, aren't, aren't going to be used. And that's, that's perfectly acceptable. But having to put it in a place of uh, what, uh, what is I them doing? As an active pronoun? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is them doing? What is, what is they doing? Like, fuck you. Are you kidding me? Learn to fucking speak. I'm at the point now, if you start speaking that fucking gibberish, I'm going to just respond back with gibberish. I want, I want my pronouns to be scat. That shit. I want that every time somebody has to talk about me when I'm not there. She, Miles, and I are working together. My pronoun is Fry, and his pronoun is Bender. <sighs> Just fucking dumb. So, you know, the, people are upset at the fact, like, oh, you can't have pronouns and your own pronouns in the game. Oh my fucking god! How about you make your own fucking game? <laughs> I would love to see the, the the pronoun police end up in this the, this conversation where it's an entire group of them having to use their pronouns for one another while they're talking and watch the absolute fuckery that unfolds because it's never going to happen. No one's going to do it. It's insane. 
It is absolutely insane. And the fact that anyone is adhering to this nonsense is unfucking real. And the worst offenders of it are the media because they're the ones, oh, well, we have to respect their pronouns. Fuck you. No, you don't. You don't have to, you don't have to respect anybody's pronouns. Use the pronouns that you know. That's why I love watching the Matt Walsh videos. God damn. And if somebody says, well, they're, I'm non-binary. Well, what does your birth certificate say? So yeah, let's cancel, let's cancel Hogwarts legacy because they don't, you know, oh, they're giving money to JK Rowling because she owns the franchise. Well, I hate to tell you this, but Tolkien wouldn't be, wouldn't be for you either. So uh, you guys should just stop watching or reading any of his shit for that matter. Uh, you should stop reading and, and, and watching anything made before 2018. If you, if you want to respect that fucking lunacy, that's when you have to stop watching everything. Like you can't watch anything before that because it would have been, uh, it would have been against any of that stuff. No, it would have been inclusive enough. Yeah. Fuck it. Can't watch the predator anymore. Can't watch aliens. Can't watch alien. Can't watch, uh, you know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, can't watch Jaws, can't watch Indiana Jones, can't watch any of that stuff. You can't watch Shaft. You, know, you can't watch Blade. All that stuff, because none of that would have been supportive of it. it. It wouldn't have been inclusive of it. So you have to get rid of all that stuff. Do you see how dumb this is, listeners? How how idiotic culture has become? I mean, for crying out loud, we, st- we have people now claiming that the goblins in Hogwarts Legacy are also representative of Jews. Jesus Christ, how anti-Semitic and racist can you sound? Well, just like their boycott won't do anything for for Hogwarts Legacy or uh, Warner Brothers, our <laughs> our podcast will never fall on those people's ears either. So, nope, <laughs> it will never fall on those people's ears. We're we're talking to nobody, which is fine with me, and I'd rip, I'd prefer it that way. But I mean, you know, it's it's that whole thing. Like, how how come the the how come there's this big upheaval for you know in support with the media of these people who are boycotting the you know who are boycotting Hogwarts? Like, you see, listeners, it came from like we saw articles from Polygon, fucking IGN, like tons tons of places, just sitting there going, oh yeah, we we support this because it's, she's transphobic and they shouldn't be giving her any money. I'm expecting yeah. those same companies that have positive reviews when it comes out. Yeah, here here's a question. Why aren't you guys as supportive when a larger group, the main fans, are boycotting things like Marvel, Pixar, pretty much anything Disney's been putting been putting out, you know, Netflix movies that and, and specials that are just absolute garbage. Like, why aren't you guys why aren't you guys doing doing that amount of support? Oh, because you think that Twitter is your main audience too. And somehow you haven't figured out. And I guarantee you that uh, places like IGN polygon and all that stuff have been lying to their advertisers for years to try and get it to, to continue to push their narratives, much like Twitter has, which Twitter is being exposed for uh, of, yeah, well we're, 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 we're making tons of money for you guys. And uh, look at all the advertising dollars that, uh, that we're making from these companies. And sooner or later, these companies are going to wise up and go, oh, you know what? These actually aren't our demographic. Our demographic doesn't even watch your shit anymore. They go over here. They go to this place. Well, we're going to leave because 
we don't need you. We're not making any money off of you anyways. And listeners, if you don't believe me, look at the amount of times that you come across a video on Google where the creator has said they've been demonetized or that their content has been demonetized or their videos are no longer monetized. And you see commercials still on YouTube for them on their channels. So yeah, Google absolutely is ripping those people off. They're lying. And if you think Twitter's not doing that or hasn't been doing that and IGN isn't lying to their advertisers, and we're already starting to see part of that shitstorm. You're going to start seeing these companies continue to lose money and they're going to start getting rid of employees. They're going to start changing out content. They're going to have to start, you know, giving content over to other services. I mean, some of these companies might end up having to close down. But eventually, the larger corporations will start to wise up and go, actually, we should get back to just being a company that makes money. And we should start being creative again. And we should start making sure we're appealing to our main demographic to get there, get our traffic going through our sites, through our apps, through our services. So eventually I think things are going to get better. I'm hoping so. Uh, Cause I mean, it can't stay this way forever, just not sustainable. But unfortunately I think in Disney's case, that's not going to happen with Iger coming back. It's going to take them longer. I was going to say, I mean, you, you know, you've got uh, the story of uh, Disney having to, uh, essentially kind of whore out their uh their shows to other streaming services now because they can't hold yeah, it just or, on their own anymore. Yeah. And or a show that should have that should have been able to actually hold its own on Disney Plus and brought more viewers in, but but Star Wars is such shit now that nobody's watching it. Oh, it's and, more just Andor now. Oh, I know it's more than just Andor, but Andor is the prime example because yeah, literally from every single person, even Star Wars theory, he's he's not a big fan of the show. But overall, he's even said this should be far more popular than it is. Like on on their service, it should be so much more popular than it is, and it's not. And it's because of how much they've tarnished the reputation of that franchise. So because it's been tarnished and, and it's and it's doing that, it's having to be put like Miles said, it's having to be put on other services. They put the first two episodes on Hulu. They put the first two episodes on Netflix. This is a show that has cost a lot of money for Disney to have. And it's just being, it's being put out because they want to try and get people interested and go, Hey, come over to our service. It's not going to happen. Disney people will watch the first two episodes and go and go, okay, I'll just wait for you to drop the rest. That's what's going to happen. You're going to have to drop the rest of that season on somebody else to get people to watch it because they're not going to switch over to your service just to watch that. I mean, it's not happening. We, we said it back when they fucking bought uh Hulu to fucking begin with that. Oh, well mm-hmm. they should just put all their stuff onto Hulu then. Yep. Right, nope. Nope. We're going to start up our own streaming service to try to double dip on people. Listeners, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they were already the uh, Disney was already the majority owner of Hulu. The moment they bought Fox, they had uh, a or ABC, Fox, and uh, National Geographic, all of which were contribute or were were partners when uh, Hulu started. So they went, all right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to buy the more, the majority of Hulu. So they just basically bought out Hulu at that point, completely. And we sat there going, okay. Well, now Hulu is offered through Disney with packages with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Why isn't this all just one thing? Yeah. Why are you guys spending so much more money? On an, on all these other stream on on these two other streaming services, you have you have ESPN Plus and you have fucking Disney Plus. Like, 
they just, those don't make any sense. Nope. They shouldn't even exist. Matter of fact, that happened this week since we brought that up. I know Disney got hit with a uh, antitrust suit. Yeah, it's because they've been lying that. about their numbers. <laughs> if, yeah, they've been inflating prices and inf- uh, lying about their numbers. I remember this from uh, from Clownfish. The uh, the lawsuit has to do with the fact that Hulu has you know Hulu has that live t- live television service. They've increased the price of it dramatically from what they from what it started with, and they haven't added anything new to it. And it's not it's not as all it's it's not even close to being as uh, you know, a la carte, like uh, sling was and all that stuff. It's yeah. like, Hey, you pay this and you get this, like, that's it. And it used to be like this flat rate. These companies are just going to keep like, they're just going to keep up in it. We we've said this over and over again, listeners, like until you stop buying the service every month and start doing what we do, which is you sign up for the service for a month, binge, watch the shit out of everything else that's come out and then yeah, cancel it one month and cancel. Yeah. yeah. Until you start doing that, they're not going to start listening. <laughs> They're just going to keep upping the cost. And I realize this is live television, but what is it on live television that you're watching that you can't later on either buy a full season of or buy the season as it's airing and wait a week for them to post the episode? Or like uh, Vargo convinced me of uh, uh, to just buy Rick and Morty instead of yeah. uh, fucking waiting to try to do it on anything else. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's actually cheaper just to buy the damn thing. Yeah, and that's uh, the funny oh, thing is like with a lot of shows, that's what's happening. Like, oh, well, I I watch this show on this service. Well, you could just wait or buy it, and it'll be cheaper. <laughs> it's cheaper than paying for it for a month because they're so expensive. Yep, it's just dumb. You know that that goes back to the whole thing of streaming services are now cable, and in this case, it really is cable. Yeah. For all the packages you have to get and these channels you have to buy, all that. And this is true for, for all of them that, like I said, you know, they just keep up in their prices and they'll keep doing it because people keep paying for it and aren't dropping out. Uh, Amazon, when they had their late, their last price increase, they lost a shit ton of customers. So we'll see if they continue to do that. Oh, we're going to have to increase their prices again. If they increase their prices because of rings of power, I am out. <laughs> right fuck you well i think that's i'm one of that's part of the factor uh not just a factor or part of a factor of why they're firing all their employees right now that's yeah because <laughs> amazon's let go i think right now i think the projections like over twenty thousand employees in the united states i yeah i don't know i, I have no idea what uh what amazon's projections are i know that that twitter lost 75 percent of their workforce which a lot of people are like, oh, Elon fired all those. Nope, he fired up to 50%. The last, that last 25% were people who quit <laughs> because he asked them to work harder. Poked him with sticks, said do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, there we go. That's exactly it. Like he, ba- he basically just wanted them to work and he, they lost another, another portion of it. Here's the funny thing is everybody like, they lost all these people at Twitter. Look at it. You know, it's collapsing. Yet Twitter is fine. It's still running. It's still running the same way it was. It's still running as normal. And yet they have less employees. Makes you wonder what the rest of those employees were doing. <laughs> it's almost like they weren't working at all. Uh, fucking Twitter. Even even under Elon Musk, Twitter can fucking just die in a fucking fire. And I would throw a fucking party. <laughs> I would throw a party if all of social media did that. If we could get rid of all of social media, 
God, I would love that. Go back to businesses having to do best guess with demographics instead of depending on social media to like, oh, can you tell us in a survey if you'd use any like, fuck you. Like, goddamn YouTube, if you keep asking me that shit. <laughs> like, thankfully, I don't get that on my on my PC. I get that on my phone whenever I use their service. But like, I swear to God, YouTube, YouTube knows <laughs> I have that that freaking plug in on my on my computer to. <laughs> to quit ads because I get way more ads on my phone. And I don't know if it's because I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's one of those things. Like I just notice it more often now because I don't get ads on my PC, which is probably more likely the case, but it feels like I get way more ads on my phone than I do that. I, that I ever did. I do that. That, that ad block you put on for me is yeah. fucking ruined me for YouTube. <laughs> like, I, I don't even want to watch fucking videos on my phone. Most of the time anymore. I'm like, no, it's just not worth it. I can't yeah. wait the 10, 15 seconds to skip. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if I did the same thing for Anderson. If I didn't, you have to... You did for my uh, my PC. I need to do it okay. on my laptop. You showed me that, and I was like, that's magic. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. That's why I donated phone. money to that developer. <laughs> I was like, dude, you made the best app I have ever used on anything. I was like, you, you were, you were worthy of my money. <laughs> I, I think the last time it asked me uh, or told me there was an update, I sent him a personal note. I was like, I love you <laughs> so much for making this. What else do you guys want to talk about? Like, it can't all be negative, right? <laughs> or is it all negative lately? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will tell you guys on Disney Plus, I am looking forward to Willow that comes out on the 30th. Uh, I want to look. I'm not. I, I'm, why are you not? <laughs> Is it because of all the stuff we've been talking about? Like, has everything else brought your expectations down so far? Oh, no, I think that's exactly it. My expectations are so fucking low that even James Cameron can't get a second sub to go down there and rise the bar. <laughs> well, right now, you can't even afford to do it. Makes sense. Uh, I'm looking forward to it just because I never, like, I realized that there are books for Willows or for Willow. I've never really cared for the story that was in the books. I didn't like the fact that. The books practically felt like they instantly killed off Sorsha and uh, Mad Mardigan. Uh, I didn't really care for uh, the continuation of the story from Willow in those novels. And while I I never I never read them all the way through, it basically came down to like, oh, they killed off these characters. I'm out. <laughs> this is what it comes down to for me. It was it was that kind of thing. But I, I respect the fact that there are plenty of people who enjoyed the books and that, that that's what they wanted to see. I don't think that's really possible based off of uh, one uh, Warwick Davis's age. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I got to hope that the people who and you never know, but uh, since Ron Howard and uh, I guess Dal- I, I think Dallas Howard is uh, is also. uh or uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is also uh, involved in the story or in the, in the uh, directing of it and stuff like that. I got to, I got to think that there's going to be some, some kind of uh, creative control of like, Hey, we're going to try and make sure we make something good for the fans. I'm hoping for this. It, I'm not expecting it because it's Disney and they have, you know, overalls, the company has no respect for any of the licenses that Lucas had. So, 
I mean, that's that's pretty evident with with some of the news that's just coming out for the for Indiana Jones Five. God, I think that movie's going to be a fucking travesty, and I have no interest in watching it because, in my opinion, Indiana Jones ended at Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and that is it. Uh because that movie was fucking perfect. So. <sighs> When it comes to Willow, I I am gonna do a watch party with Bronx and and Brandon. I am fully expecting to walk away and going, ah, I don't know. But I'm hopeful. I, I I've seen the trailers for it. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. And we'll see where they go with it. Uh I can't really think of anything else that's that's coming that I'm absolutely hopeful for. I got Black Adam, by the way, and I haven't watched it yet. But I'll yeah, let you guys I know. I have access to it too. Uh, Dougie bought it, so I'm yeah. gonna see if I want to. Since I don't have to pay for it, I'm more willing to give it a shot. That's fair. Um, I mean, that's that's a prime example of a movie, the, a movie that should have that really should have done well in the theaters overall as a superhero movie. But I think people are one so done with Marvel's bullshit that they don't want to put it up or put up with it in fear that you know DC's falling uh, down in even more quality, especially after 1984. That's uh, you know Wonder Woman 1984. That's so that great. Was a garbage movie. Fucking trash. So I think that I think that like people kind of are on the on the same fence with DC. Like I don't really know if I want to put up with this. I don't know if I want to put up with the the drop in quality. And you know what? They should. I fully agree with the consumer. Just like what Miles has said earlier, they're not focusing on the eighty percent, you know, the ninety percent, the the base that they should be going for for demographics. They're focusing on the small yeah. group, and then. Why, why give them money? Yeah. On top of that, DC people are also fed up with your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty evident. Uh, the CW is a prime example. Uh, yeah. Look at the travesty that the Arrowverse turned out or turned into. I enjoyed the Arrowverse when it, when it started out, like it was actually good oh, when yeah. it started out. The, Flash, I enjoyed, the first like two, three seasons were yeah. great. And then after that, it went down and just fucking tanked. Like you're a character that doesn't fucking learn. You had just nothing but fucking drama. You had other shows that were, you know, more, more concerned about identity politics than they were about the actual fucking characters in the show. Another one like that um, was Supergirl. That first season was great. But after that, nope. Uh, first season wasn't great. I have to disagree. <laughs> first. Okay. I enjoyed it. Super, Supergirl first season. Not great. Second season is actually pretty good. Third season. God damn it. And then like you, back. you can see, yeah, you can like you can literally see the quality drop. Like it, it goes from the the first season of like, okay, you guys, you're just getting your legs. It's not a great show yet. It doesn't really follow a lot of su- the Supergirl comics. Fine. Even the fight started to become garbage. Listeners, if you guys know anything about me, I'm actually a Supergirl fan. So not not the show, but the comic books. Yeah, after after the season three, I was like, nope, I'm out. I can't do this. This is fucking trash. Like it was so. The show became so inconsistent. With what agenda? What agenda are we talking about today? That's what it. That's what it turned into. What can we talk about this week? What can we address this week? What's happening in politics? What's happening in the world? Instead of just making a good show, and that's what it became, and that's what all of the CW turned into. And I'd say the one thing we can celebrate is that the CW has been sold off, and they're finally having to release their numbers. And it turns out that by the by 2018, the CW was losing 400 million dollars a year, an average of two dollars to one. So for every one dollar they spent, it cost them two dollars. That's a bad business model. Absolutely. So they've been losing money for. A long time. In fact, according to their numbers, they have never been profitable in the history of the network. That's 
fucking amazing. However, they have had successful shows in the past of that were considered profitable. In other words, the, the show was able to make enough in viewership and in advertising alone that it paid for the season and was having to carry the rest of the network. This was true for Smallville, uh, Buffy, Angel. Supernatural. Uh, but there has only been, yeah, there's only been one show that has been consistently profitable, and that was Supernatural, which is why it lasted for 15 seasons. You're depending everything on this one show, which is why they tried the multiple spinoffs and couldn't get them going. Never mind the fact that they had the one that would have actually been successful, and I guarantee it would have been successful, and they just decided to tank that. Because it didn't match up with their, somehow it didn't match up with their agendas. Which is ironic. Because it embodied everything that we sat there saying, this is everything you want it to be, and you've been looking for, and it's good. (laughs) And that was going to be the the Uh, show that was going to surround the Wayward Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be their second attempt at a spinoff, because their first spinoff tanked, which was supposed to be a a teenage uh, dramedy with a... uh, Werewolves and the vampires. Yeah, werewolves and vampires. Yep, supposed to take place, I believe, in Chicago. Which makes no sense because nobody wants to go to Chicago. Well, God, if I were a monster, I'd be afraid. I'd be scared to death to live there. So, Wayward Sisters was the second spinoff. They canceled it, and then they canceled the third spinoff already. I do believe. Uh, the Winchesters. Yep. Yep. Already been canceled. I think they did like the pilot episode and one other after that, and that was it. Uh, just so so the CW knows, Miles and I could have saved you guys a lot of money. Just by telling you, don't do it. Right. Uh, we tried to. We we said it on the podcast. Don't do it. Uh, we said it was yeah, going to be not terrible. Sir, you watch the show. They've already got to know back into the past that you don't need more emphasis on yeah. the past. It was uh, it was pretty evident that uh, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing, and they didn't even know the show originally because uh, based off of what we know from the show, uh, John didn't even know his wife was a fucking hunter. Yeah, he was brought into it. Yeah. After so. his wife died. Yeah, it's just kind of kind of crap. Like he was aware of it. He was aware of it later on, but he didn't like it. It was pretty evident that he didn't participate in any of it. Mm-mm. And that is, you know, when when the the boys were when uh, Dean was born, when Dean was born, they clearly weren't hunters. So what like what were you guys doing? What was the what was the purpose of this stupid fucking show? Oh, we we wanted to capitalize off the the popularity of Supernatural, but we didn't know how to do it anymore. Got it. Well, I'm pretty sure they want again want to try the uh, teenage drama angle. Hollywood is not only morally bankrupt, listeners, but they're creatively bankrupt. So if you are looking to try and get into storytelling and stuff like that, probably now's the best time because eventually all of these dipshits that are terrible at their jobs are going to get out of here. They're going to go away, and. It's going to be a rising of new talent that comes in and actually can tell stories and aren't focused on agenda. And all the activists are going to leave and we're all going to be way better off for it. There's a reason why there's been a huge rise in the manga and anime. Yeah. I'm now starting to talk to people. I wouldn't even guess who just now started watching anime because they're so burnt out. They want to try something new. What's that? Just in general, like uh, um, some of my coworkers, people I'm just meeting in grocery stores. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to talk to like or talk a couple of my friends into uh, watching anime, like uh, Brandon. Uh, I've been trying to get him into into some stuff and feel out like what what he's into and what he might actually enjoy. He enjoyed watching uh, Girls in Panzer, but he he mostly enjoyed it because his sister really liked it. Uh, he enjoyed you know being able to bond with his 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 younger sister over a show. Um, 
so you know some of these things create good you know good family connections can create great friendship connections and can let you geek out over a lot of this stuff so i just introduced somebody into one uh somebody kind of that i kind of work with that's more or less could be my mother in that age range yeah to an anime called my roommate is a cat (laughs) and now now that they started watching anime and this woman is in her late 60s now watching anime but she likes the the genre called slice of life yeah because it's, it's a story that she's not getting from anything else gotcha yeah, uh, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. There's there's stuff for pretty much everybody, and it's not just Dragon Ball. It's not yeah. just Dragon Ball, listeners. It's not just you know what I used to stereotypically like think of anime with you know lewd and uh, annoying annoying humor. Uh, yeah, a lot of it is like there's different spectrums of like you know slice of life. You have uh, the one the 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 main thing that I enjoy is, you know, a person gets put into another world. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Those are that's my yeah. It's okay. That's that's my favorite. That's my favorite genre. I love uh, my my favorite show. I think right now or of all time right now is Tensor. Is uh, it's it's a blast for me. I enjoy the fact that it's a character that I mean, he's not necessarily benevolent, but he's a good person. And watching a a good person doing good things and kind of becoming a, essentially becoming almost like a superhero in another world for other people. I love that. I think that's great. And there's, there's all kinds of, you know, without going into long anime, but short anime, I think one of my favorite all the time, Vargo introduced it to me and I was, you know, having major allergies at the end of it was a assassination classroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that show, of course, at the same time, like, uh, so I watched listeners. I made the mistake of watching that show at the same time I was watching other things. And that were that were aller, aller, allergy inducing. <laughs> so I watched uh, Assassination Classroom, uh, a silent voice, and uh, uh, was it that time I became or that time I became a god? Oh yeah, uh, I was, watched all was... three of those in the same week. God damn, that wrecked me emotionally. I was fucking done. <laughs> uh, well, but and I think at the all same time good. you did that. Uh... Was it the movie or whatever the, the with the deaf girl? Yeah, a silent. Like voice. That one was fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, a silent voice. Yeah, that was that, that was that was why I was like, God, dude, I was I was fucking just drained emotionally. I was done yeah. because of those. I was like, fuck me. Uh, you know, since then, Miles has watched uh, has watched two of those. He's watched a silent voice and he's watched uh, uh, the day I became or the day I became a god. Um, and. Uh, you know, you have that, you, like you, you kind of had that same, the day, the day of a came of God is like, it's got that bittersweet ending. And yeah. supposedly the creator of it wants, like there's rumors that he's, that he wants to make another one. Uh, that's a sequel to that. It's something I never really considered with anime a long time ago. The fact that like some anime can have like really good emotions and stuff like that. Cause anytime I thought of like emotions, I always thought of like fucking attack on Titan, which, you know, every five, every fucking five Jesus minutes, Christ. somebody drops a hat and somebody's fucking crying. Yeah. Uh I still can't do it. No. Nope. It's not happening. I know that people love that freaking anime and I understand. I think you like I've I've seen some of the action se- segments and it is really well done. But oh, dude, storytelling not there for me. Um but in reality there's really nothing to give as an explanation as to why I thought that anime could never hit levels of emotion that I've gotten from other animation. I mean, for crying out loud, I 
uh, there's plenty of emotion that comes out of uh, watching the Lion King. I mean, the the death of Mufasa is you know fucking tragic, and there's tons of times you can watch different cartoons and stuff like you know typically Disney in the past where you get like you get emotional about these things, and it never really crossed my mind as to like even thinking the same thing could come from anime. You know, part of that has to do with the fact that I used to have kind of a big prejudice against anime for a long time. Uh, and usually that was because of the kind of anime that was brought to the States before Crunchyroll. And because uh, a lot of it was just really lewd and crap. I think the anime that actually got me to start watching, you know, at least some here and there was One Punch Man. Yeah, I get, I, uh, I get that. I mean, I like I never gave One Punch Man a shot to begin with. Like when I when I think about it, like I watched a couple episodes. I was like, ah, I really can't get into it. Miles was watching it one day and he was laughing his ass off. And I go, "What are you watching?" He's like, "I'm watching One Punch Man." I'm like, oh, "I never really watched it. I couldn't really get into it." He goes, "Dude, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I I guarantee you, you would absolutely love the show." Like, so I sat down and watched it. It was amazing. Like, I don't know what was going on in my life or at the time with my, you know, with my mind or, or where I was at in headspace wise. I love that show. Yeah. And it can be like anything you'd be watched. Uh, yeah. You guys got me introduced to Mob Psycho. Yeah. And that's what I, the other day when we were on the chat, I was finishing up season two and that's why you guys were hearing me laugh. Yeah. Because anytime oh. Reagan shows up on saying it's fucking hysterical. First two seasons of Mob Psycho are phenomenal. Season three, not so much. Nah, like it starts season, off pretty good. <laughs> yeah, season three drops off pretty quickly. In my or has so far, listeners dropped off pretty quickly. In the, it feels like they don't have any place else to go. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm now, hoping it's just a lull. Yeah, I'm yeah me too. It's gonna come back just yeah. fine, but yeah, me too. But there's other stuff. I tried a new anime that I liked was a uh, Juju. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu uh, Aiken, which is pretty fun. Yeah. But that's also kind of balances between comedy and seriousness, and it, I think it is a good blend between the two of them. All right. Yeah, another one we all enjoy is, you know, uh, Demon Slayer. Yep. Man, which I got- gets emotional, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. You have a main character who who is very emotional and blames himself for fucking everything, which was getting very annoying. And then this last season kind of corrected a lot of that. Yeah. He actually is learning from his mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe that the train movie, I had a little bit of allergies at the end. Oh, okay. so good. That was, that was such a good fight. Though. Yeah. So good. Um, I'm looking forward to when he gets revenge on that character. Right. That's going to be, i like, I expect that to be just absolutely epic. So, uh, trying to think of anything else since we're on the anime kick. I still haven't watched the, uh, the latest, uh, girls and Panzer, uh, uh, Blu-ray that came out. I, I've got it in my, it's got oh, it sitting shoot. on my, my table. I haven't watched it yet. You want to talk about sadness? I don't, it's going to be tough watching the, if they come out for another season of a uh, shield hero. That's going to be sad just because the voice actor yeah. passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which they've already said they're going to, they're, they're doing recasting. So, uh, they're, they're going to continue it. That was one of those but, ones I had to, I had to give Vargo a caveat on like, there's going to be some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to stick with it. 
Yeah, it's hard to stick. It's hard to stick with listeners oh, because that first season's very tough. We, we've talked about this before, listeners. Like Miles, Miles knows this about me, but and he has kind of the same same hang up as I do. Is of we don't like seeing good people being treated unjustly. Yeah, that's a whole of the first season. Yeah, and that's that's a good chunk of the first season, and uh, you kind of have to power through it and realize that it's it's going to end well. It's going to end well. So if you go into that, make make sure you know that. That one's tough for me, and anything involving a uh, rape, that yeah. one's always tough. For me. Oh yeah, yeah, Goblin so Slayer. I had to give the cops yeah. on yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why. Yeah, that's why we had to give the the heads up on that. It is brutal. It, it was <laughs> so brutal. Um, so you know, there's a the another one that we've been we've been watching is a uh, Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man is actually it's good, listeners. It actually has a really good premise. It has a, a fun main character. The only gripe I have about it is it gets sophomoric. It yeah, it that's it. It gets sophomoric. It gets really kind of like adolescent uh boy obsessed with sex. Uh, I call that juvenile. It gets very juvenile. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean it's just it, it's I mean I think like the the reason why we can go with sophomoric is because I mean high school that's kind of that's basically where your your mindset is. Just yeah, you're you're an oops. idiot. That's it. Um, you're a hormonal idiot teenager, and that's kind of the the character where the character's at right now. It's a little annoying. It makes sense given the given his upbringing and uh, given the fact that he's never had a normal, really normal life or childhood. But at the same time, it's annoying because it becomes a focal point for large for large chunks of an episode, and it becomes annoying. Yeah, and you go, oh, come on, just fucking move on, get to something good. Um, it's the like latest episode and butthead. If all they did was laugh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the first part of this last episode was like that. It was really fucking annoying. I was like, God damn, just fucking move on. Uh, and I did, but I did enjoy the fact that it finally got him out of his headspace of the fact that like it wasn't something like it's it, he he wanted a cop of feel listeners. That was it. Like that was kind of his main focus for like several episodes. It finally happened, and he was like, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't as big of a deal as he had built it up in his own head, and that he preferred the idea of it before. And that is true for most guys in life. <laughs> of it was, it was something you had built up in your head and how great it would be, and it wasn't as great as you thought it would be. Because it just happened, if that's the case. But if it's with somebody you care about, if it's with somebody you actually share things in common with, if it's somebody you enjoy spending time with, like a girlfriend, it's the difference of like, it's the difference of like having, like having a one night stand versus having, you know, uh, a girlfriend, right? You connect on a different level and that's his realization in the show of when you have a connection with somebody, it's, it, it feels far more impactful. Whereas the other one, that's just sex. Felt good for the time. Felt good at the time. You enjoyed it for what it was, but after it's done, it's over. So, uh, it, I appreciated the I appreciated that aspect of uh, of this last episode of the fact like he finally realized, oh, I actually want more of a relationship with the person I do this with, and not just to have it which gives the character a little bit more depth. It's still a focus, 
but it changes his focus to, I want it to be with a certain person. Yeah, so. that's actually one of the things that we gripe about when our storytelling, the stuff we like watching. Yeah. Is that we can't stand shows where the main character never grows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's a positive mark when the character grows. That happened with, uh, with Miles with Blacksmith, right? Yeah. Uh, what was that? What was the actual title uh, for that one? I'm trying to remember what even the fucking name of it was. Uh, but I made it like three or four episodes in on it. And, you know, the, uh, the, the hero in it just, just, it's like it wasn't fucking like nothing that happened prior had ever happened. It's just acting completely illogical, not, not growing, not progressing anywhere. And, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I've seen CW. I don't need this. <laughs> so I just called it there on that. Yeah. Uh, one, one, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, uh, it's dark, but it's well done, in my opinion, is uh, Made in Abyss. That's a, a really cool story and setting. Um, yeah. It gets kind of stupid, and I don't, I don't really want to say lewd, but to that end sort of uh at a couple parts and it's silly and it's dumb um it probably didn't need to be in the show but it's not the primary focus and uh you're able to move on from it pretty quick so but it's a it's a cool story i'm looking to see more on that gotcha the one i've been kind of eyeballing i haven't started yet is uh the ancient mage's bride uh i watched that it's it's different. It's weird. <laughs> uh, when I say weird, like it, there are some themes in it that make you feel that will make you feel kind of uncomfortable. Like the, the girl that he takes in as his ward is uh, an underage girl, but he's also taking her in to be his future bride. It's a little weird. Yeah, that's so strange. The one that, yeah. uh, I, I watched that I didn't bring up on any previous casters. Uh, the misfit of demon king academy that one's that one's a lot of fun okay um, yeah i have that we have that in our list i think i think it's only one season as of the moment at least dubbed um think uh think uh um not not story wise but kind of thematically it's not an isekai but think uh um reincarnated as a slime except the world's full of fucking douchebags, and okay. the hero is better at doing that than they are. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> Puts them in That's their place real life. fucking easy. Gotcha. So he's the super douchebag. He's the the, the alpha douchebag. It's it's the uh, it's the Team America thing, you know. <laughs> Dicks versus pussies versus assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks also fuck assholes. I'll say another fun one I'd like that uh, I think is appropriate for families that I enjoyed for the season was a restaurant from another world. And that one is just, it's pretty simple. There's this restaurant and this door opens up to different universes and realms where people just come in and eat and have a conversation, but there's comedy to it. It was a fun family one. Hmm. All right. 
So you uh, walk in, the door opens, you have a dragon that enters, you have like a space orc that enters, and you have like a, a, a businessman that just came from a corporate office. Gotcha. All just sitting down to enjoy a lunch together. And when they open the door, they go back into their own universe. So listeners, there's a, there's a couple of uh, Tome out there that, uh, that you might enjoy. There's a few that I haven't reviewed yet. Um, but uh, like, uh, you know, trapped in a dating simulator or <laughs> trapped in a dating sim, the world uh, of Atome games is tough for a ma or for mobs. That's it. Yeah. It's a long title. <laughs> just gotta remember. <laughs> just gotta just gotta remember it all. Uh, there's another one is uh, my life as a villainess. All routes lead to doom. Um, that's a more recent one that I did. That was actually a little a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. The main character is a uh, enjoyable character. The fact of a girl who enjoyed an Atome game in her former life uh, ends up in a world where she is. She starts out as the villainess. She's lives her life up to a certain point, and then there is a accident that happens, and she ends up getting her memories back of her former life and suddenly realizes that she was becoming a bad person and that she was becoming the villainess of that world and decides to change her entire uh one her entire persona and changes her uh her out wants to change her outcome so she doesn't want to live a life doomed to either die or be you know ostracized stuff like that so she starts taking steps to try and change her her life uh and her fate essentially um there's another one is uh was it uh i'm the villain was it i'm the villainess so i'm going to tame the the final boss is that it yeah i'm gonna look it up really quick sure that's correct yeah, I'm the Milness, so I'm taming the final boss. That's what it is. <laughs> so, uh, that one, Miles and I are still are still going through. It's just started. So far, it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of strange because it the, the main story from the start gets wrapped up pretty quickly <laughs> in the first like four episodes, and then it goes to a completely different story, and you're thrown off like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, it just dramatically kind of changes setting and almost time frame. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah, the the thing is this: it's the same same time frame. It just goes to a different area with the same character, and that character you find out is undercover, and it has to do with yeah, it's 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 it has to do with the fact that like suddenly the setting from the first part of the season goes into the second game that she barely remembers. Uh, and that's another uh, Isekai, you know, girl who was playing Atome games kind of thing. But uh, only difference is, is that uh, in that, in that universe, the girl ends up like she, she remembers her life and remembers what it, what it was like or like what, where she came from and stuff like that. And she has she hasn't really been the villainess the entire time. Uh, for that one, she's just in the part of the villainess from the Atome game she remembers, and people keep trying to make her into the into the villainess, but she's she's not. She's just a good person. Uh, so that one uh, that one's been pretty uh, 
been pretty enjoyable so far. Uh, the other one is a uh, skeleton from another world or skeleton knight from another world. That one's, uh, that one's enjoyable. Yeah. We, we liked the first season. We're waiting for another season to come out see how that, that pans out. Um, I think we're both done with overlord. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, I'm I think all three of us are done with overlord. Yeah. Uh, season four kind of ruined that show for me and yeah, listeners, I have we, no interest. We get after that, that last season. Yeah, we get that the main character is not supposed to be necessarily a good guy, but he always did have like he he there was always a purpose to what he was doing. There was always this whole kind of thing of like it was for it was going to be one society, the uh, the betterment of of his own people and society. And he would do things that would gain in both ends. By the time season four gets it, he's just killing people to kill people. Like yeah, there is, not he's even just conflicted. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he's not conflicted about it. He just became full on fucking Stalin and Hitler and just said, fuck it. And it's just all self-serving. It's just, there's nothing, there's nothing good about it. So, uh, that was disappointing just to watch, uh, watch a character just go from, well, he, he was always like, like it always made sense based off of what I knew about the manga and where his character came from and all that stuff. But then all of a sudden it just goes from like, and it, it goes from him being conflicted about certain things and knowing that even though he's conflicted about it, it's, it's for the best, it's going to end up being better in the end. Uh, you know, the greater good kind of deal. I mean, he, but, he, he curtails so many of his minions from just wholesale fucking destruction. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, that just for what reason at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I don't understand. Just if you're if, if you're gonna have full fucking domination, just do it. Just fucking get it over with because it's annoying at this point. Like, I, I I keep waiting for like another player, a former player, to show up in that world that's just as powerful as him and pushes his shit in, and and kind of puts him in his place of like you are not the big shit here. That's the only. You need to, that's the only way you're gonna be able to yeah, save that. You need to calm opinion. the fuck down. But based off the fact that that never apparently that never happens in the manga, so I I have zero hope for it, and I don't want to watch it anymore. It's done. Yeah, I don't care about the the characters. The characters have no morals. They have no moral ground. He also used to have more of a uh, positive outlook on people who had honor, and was usually willing to spare those who did. And that that's fucking gone. And yeah, what's even worse about it is the fact like he goes on this fucking tirade to, to destroy a nation and stuff under the guise of like, oh, they attacked us first. And he's the one that set it up. He set it up so that they would be attacked, so that they would give him justification of taking over an entire nation. And the, ty- the nation was going to surrender, and he just says, fuck it, and just goes full on just genocide. Doesn't care. It was like that, and the other one that got to me was uh, the uh, that survivor group going into the uh, dungeon that he set up as a trap. That one I never really had. That one I never really like. While I felt bad for them, at the same time I didn't. I didn't feel that bad for them. They went in. They went in knowing they were going to steal, and knowing they were going to loot. And while my thing was the ethical questions at the very end with that very last group. Still zero. Like I. I, Yeah. I get like, I get what you're saying that you get to see their backstory and they're sad and and it's you know sad and you know they're they're actually they're decent people, 
inside that group. At the same time, those decent people walked into someone else's home to steal. But you also see where that character's he just slowly is eroding away from doing from the greater good to a full-on dictatorship. I don't know. Would it be any different than if somebody came into your house and tried to steal from me and you shot him? Would you have a whole lot? Would you? My question is: Would you have a whole lot of uh, sympathy for that person that you shot? No, I get where you're coming from, Fargo. Well, that's that's what I'm the, saying. You're is watching like he, the mental deterioration of that character. Is what I'm saying. But I don't character. think that happens there. I think that's. I think it's. It's using the same he goes in with the same mentality of these people are here to steal from me even though he even though he starts out part of the group there are multiple times when he's talking to them and basically tries to hint of maybe this is a bad idea and then he leaves he even leaves like like i went back and watched the like watched that first season because i wanted to make sure i wasn't crazy like watching the fourth season, I was like, like we were getting close to the part where he was just basically going to commit genocide across this entire nation. I'm like, I want to go back and watch this and watch all the way through and make sure I'm not nuts as to this is just almost on a dime. And it's, it's almost on a dime. Like during that whole section, when he's going, when he's they're they're getting ready to raid the tomb. When yeah, he's, when he's, when he's, when he's the, the, when he's yeah. the other personality, when he's the other night, multiple times he basically tries to tries to talk them into not doing it he's basically saying like this is a contract he basically says this sounds like a contract that shouldn't be fulfilled this sounds like a bad you know this sounds like a terrible idea if it's somebody else's home what do you expect is going what do you expect to 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 happen and everyone else basically say well i I expect to find ultimate treasure like basically they're all just kind of blowing it off like it's going to be you know this easy fucking trip and he says, you know, what if you come across an enemy you can't face or, or anything like that and, you know, or can't run away from like, essentially, what if this whole thing is just, is just a way of, uh, you know, you're going to, it's going to be your demise and everyone blows him off and he ends up leaving. He just goes, he doesn't even, he doesn't even go with them in the, up to the front steps. Like he just leaves the group. He says, I'm not going to do this. Um, and turns down the contract. So it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same reason why the, the top tier adventurers that were, that are in that land also turned it down. Like they, they said it sounded like a bad contract, uh, basically sounded like a bad idea. And so because of that, like these people still, like these people still went ahead and did this. Like they still went ahead, even after, after getting to the front gates, like there were multiple times he included an entire treasure hoard for them outside and basically left it of you could leave now you could leave now with this and nothing would happen to you and they still went ahead and went deeper into the tomb where they all got died or like all got killed and tortured i was like well i don't have any sympathy for him so when when i went through the rest of the series it it pretty much stayed that kind of consistency of like while yes, he's he would be considered evil for a lot of things he did. At the same time, it was always this whole thing of like he was always conflicted. He always wanted. He always tried to talk people out of certain things. He tried to go along the lines of his own moral code. That while it's best for Nazarik, he didn't want it to be unnecessary death. He always says, "I don't, I, I don't appreciate unnecessary, uh, the unnecessary loss of life." I think it was one of the statements he makes. Yeah, he and does then, that when he first invades yeah. that one country, and then. And then you get to season four and it's just 
genocide. Oh yeah, when it kills all the soldiers. Holy not just shit. not just the soldiers, yeah. just it's all genocide. Like it like he he kills the force that tries to come into the the vill- that tries to take the village back. Even though he tells them that they're under his protection. Uh even after even after helping that that previous night, like that previous night, you know, oh, I I owe it to my king. Your king was a fucking idiot. And he still he still faced uh still faced him. He tried to give him a way out multiple times. He told him how much he respected him and he didn't want to kill him. And the guy still stood there like, because it's his, it's his honor to defend your king. Your, your king was a dipshit <laughs> the entire time. Like, yeah, you're, you're not, I've got to defend the kingdom. Are you, or are you just being fucking naive? He was being fucking naive, but you go for, you fast forward to this latest season when he goes through, he kills all the, he kills all the soldiers kills it, you know, goes after an entire fucking town uh, or an entire uh, kingdom, really kingdom. Yeah. Kingdom. <clears throat> well, he, so he goes all the he, way to like, he takes out, match. He, yeah, yeah, he takes out that, that province first. And then he goes after, he goes after an entire kingdom. He subjugates another kingdom who basically bowed down to him because they fucked up first. But the difference is, is they bowed down to him almost immediately. And in this case, for this, for the, for the last portion of that season, he set up everything so that he could go in and take over that entire kingdom and commit genocide specifically killed everybody left no quarter, including civilians. Even after this kingdom multiple times tried to tried to surrender to him. He just, after that, I was like, I have no respect for this character anymore. No, he's, he's just a tyrant. He's just a complete villain. There's no, there's nothing left of his humanity. There's nothing left of his personality that he had, that he started out with. And that's, that's the, that's the character assassinations that I hate in, in characters. Listen, you can try and tell and tell me that didn't happen at all. And that he's always been like this as much as you want. Go back and watch the series and, and tell me that that doesn't just happen like that. It happens on a dime. Otherwise, if if the only thing he wants is just pure power and the only thing he wants is what's best for Nazarene, he would have already killed off all the dwarves and taken every single rune piece of rune magic they had. He would have killed off every single freaking uh, you know set of creatures that he had and not been honor bound to bring them back to life or to have them become his subjects like he did with the Lizardmen. Right. Yeah, it, it was wrong for him to invade their nation, but at the same time, it was one of those things if he was going in there to turn them into his subjects, and he did. Well, yes, he killed a lot of them. He turned he turned them into a part of his, a a greater part of his nation. He was a conqueror, so he wasn't, you know, this complete fucking monster that wiped them all out. At this point, when he took over this kingdom, he just killed everybody. Didn't want them to become subjects. Just killed everyone. And that made no logical sense, especially when you were talking nope. about what he did earlier with the lizard people and what he did with the dwarves. It didn't make any, it didn't make any sense based off of what he did with what he did earlier with them. It didn't make any sense with what he did when he subjugated that other kingdom. I mean, he's. I think the only way to bring me back in the show is I think the, the besides the issue we're discussing, which was the character assassination. Yeah. As that it's becoming Dragon Ball, where the main character is so powerful, there's really no opponent. I personally, I'm okay with that as long as the characters, as long as the character is a good character and stays true to their morals. As long as they have a moral code and they stay true to that, I'm fine with it. We get that in tons of stuff. You know, Demon Lord. We get that in uh, in fucking Tensura. We get that in tons in tons of stuff stuff that we watch. 
as long as they stay true to themselves and they're and the character's not ruined, it's fine. It's what ruins, you know, it's what ruined the MCU when you had characters that they've acted this way the entire time. They've been this kind of person the entire time. And then for some reason on a dime, they just turn into a piece of shit. Yeah. If, if, or, uh, if Saitama became a complete fucking asshole and just started slaughtering people, I'd stop watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's pointless at that point. So, don't ruin your characters, and that's what this happened. That's what happened with this. It, it was a character that had questionable moral code, yes, but still had a moral code and was still was was still willing to live with that moral code throughout the entirety. Instead, it turned into a scheming piece of shit that tr- that just wants to subjugate everybody and turn turn in and uh, commit genocide across an entire nation. It, that doesn't send a message to anybody else in the nation. All that's going to do is caught. Like you want to see how quickly people want to rise up against you. Turn into Germany. 1930s Germany. What do you think happened? There's a reason. Cause eventually people go, Oh, this person's not going to stop. This person is going to keep going. We have to do something. And that's all he's done is wanting to provoke that. He wants to provoke it. He wants to have this, this all out war with the entire world there. But all they're doing is just creating plot lines and fucking Game of Thrones freaking tactics of espionage and bullshit in the background when based off his power, he could just walk through and fucking steamroll everybody and it doesn't matter. Before he was trying to win people's hearts and minds by, you know, creating these partnerships and trade deals and decided to just say, fuck it. What the fuck is going on? What is the show even about now? So I don't know. I just give up on it. Yeah. I mean, what he did at the end of that made everything that he did with the adventurers guild completely fucking pointless. Yep. Like his whole thing with the adventurers guild was to set up an entire guild where people could actually be adventurers, go and explore, spread the word and the benevolence of Nazarek and, you know, and his rule and basically get them to, to see the light of like, Oh, we should all become part of the, uh, the wizard kingdom. The sorcerer kingdom. The sorcerer king should be our king. That was his whole point of doing that, and by doing this, completely nullifies all that. It's fucking dumb. Anyways, listeners, I'm going to stop griping about it. It was just a very it's infuriating for infuriating a moment like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been watching a oh god, this yeah, this is another long title because. Uh, I'm getting way to the point where we get a title where it ends up making a full uh, haiku to say it. Uh, I, at one point, I'm going to take <laughs> I'm going to take a whole bunch of titles and put them together as just one. Um, so I've been watching more than a, more than a married more than a married couple, but not lovers. Uh, it is a weird show. <laughs> uh, about high school or high school students who during their, I think, I believe it's their, their senior year of high school. And they have to take for their school in, in their province, they have a practical exam that is required. And the practical exam is where they have to basically demonstrate because supposedly in this world, which is not, you know, obviously not real Japan, there is an underpopulation problem problem. And they take a practical exam to get kids to 
realize the benefits of being in a couple and being in a, being a married couple. So they have to live in an apartment complex together with another person and figure out how uh, that like how that dynamic works of being a couple living together and stuff like that without you know without the sex and all that obviously but of course that's you know they're teenagers i mean like seriously like i sat there watching them like they're teenagers they're they're gonna they're a lot of them are gonna be doing it <laughs> like unless you guys got cameras everywhere this is not happening but again anime show so it doesn't get uh overly lewd it uses a lot of uh inappropriate situations of like you know characters flirting with another to to make fun of the other one but it's so far it's been pretty funny it's been pretty you know fairly entertaining it's more of a romantic comedy than anything and uh it does a better job of trying to get you to see or trying to get you to decide with one girl over another or or going back and forth like not with the main character of which girl does he like and which girl should he end up with it does a better job of that than the cw has ever done in the entire existence of that show or of that that network Uh, last thing I'll bring up is, uh, Varga and I have been watching Wednesday on Netflix and mostly oh, just God. making fun of it because it's not, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not the Adams family. Listeners, no. If you're looking for an Adams family show, this ain't it. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, doesn't hold a candle even, even jokingly. <laughs> doesn't no. hold a candle. Um, no, the the, the problem is, does, is that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The gal that plays Wednesday, she's doing an okay job. Um, yeah, it's not phenomenal, but she's playing. She's playing the part she was given pretty well. Yeah, and visually, it's not bad. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not the right vibe at all. No, they immediately like listeners. They immediately establish that uh, it is not the Adams family that you know and love. By having Wednesday doesn't look up to her parents at all. She doesn't appreciate her family. Um, she, while yeah, Wednesday always picked on her brother, brother Pugsley. They made Pugsley a wet rag, like a snivelly little just I can't do anything, that kind of thing. Like fuck you. Like he was never in like super intelligent, and in, in any means no, it was, was never menace. like, but. <laughs> But yeah, he was still a menace. He was still able to like, you know, hold his own when it came to to screwing with people. So it's not Does like he at least do explosions? No. Nope. I'm out. You are introduced to Pugsley at the very beginning with him being stuffed in a locker with an apple in his mouth and tied up. And See, it's if you, not even if you it's read the not comic from strips, Wednesday. Yeah. Even if you read the comic strips. Pugsley's aspirations to be like Uncle Fester and his obsessive explosion. Like you, you would expect, you would expect like him tied up in his locker with the apple in his mouth of like when she pulls him out, like you would expect him, like when she pulls the apple out of his mouth for him to say, ah, I almost like for him to do something Adam's family, like, like, ah, I almost had it or, uh, you know, put me back in, uh, you know, something like that. Like, you know, the, the whole sick twisted humor of it is that the, the negative is the positive for them. Right. So, but instead he starts crying and sniveling and saying that he doesn't remember who did it to him and that Wednesday has to go and, and stand up for her brother. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? To me, that sounds too CW-ish. That's oh, close. No, it's close though. 
on top of that, you have uh, Tish and Gomez Adams, and uh, that's not Tish and Gomez Adams. As as much as I like Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, poor casting decision. Personally, she, I don't she think can't she does really do a Morticia. Yeah, I, I don't think she really does a Morticia very well. Um, and Gomez is a fucking joke. Yep. But I knew that just from the beginning or from from before the show started. Uh, yeah, I would have just like done the next generation where I would have had a uh, Christina Ritchie reply as Wednesday, but have her follow as the mom. That would have been a better idea. That would have been a better like, idea. The new set of kids. Absolutely. That way that you don't have to explain Gomez or Tish. You could say they're just, you know, moved on. They're in the next life. Yeah. That yeah. would have been a better idea. Absolutely. Um, the way that this is, the way that this is being done, it's, I mean, the best way I can describe it listeners is it's emo. Nancy drew goes to Hogwarts. Yeah. The, yeah, I'm good. the, the, the recent animated movies are more Adam's family than this is. Yeah, those yeah, are those garbage. Are based off the comic strips. That's all they're based off of. Yeah, and they're trash. <laughs> Sorry, the, that, the, I fucking hate those movies. They're entertaining for kids. They're still better than most Disney movies nowadays. True. Uh, I, I, yeah, listeners, you'll, I, I will never be able to give up the fact that like uh, the Adams Family at its peak is the two movies, the, the original, the yeah. original nineties movies. Those were awesome. The I freaking love Adams Family. And, <laughs> yeah yeah i like the the original cartoon the the hand-drawn one yeah yeah heavily heavily influenced by the movies mm-hmm. absolutely um yeah those were those were great those were like that's what the adams family kind of was i mean and i realize listeners that's kind of what we we grew up on but like even if you go back to the old black and white like that's that's still better than what you're getting here that was still the the negative being put into a pot into a positive and this one, it's just not, it's not the Adams. It's not the Adams family. Yeah. So. <laughs> Old school Munsters is more Adams family than this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn. <laughs> what the fuck? And Munsters was, well, I can't really say that Munsters was a ripoff because they started almost around the same time. Same time. Yeah. They were supposed to be a competing show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you also have a weird, not really well animated uh, thing. Um, you know the the hand movements with the the traversal just don't translate very well yeah. compared to again. You go to the movie, and it's really well thought out and really done, or really well done. That was damn uh, good practical effects too. Yep. So I also don't like the fact that they Frankenstein'd him. Uh, with all the stitching and shit, it's fucking stupid. What do you face off against a lawnmower? Fuck if I know. Um, but yeah, if uh, if you were looking at that, listeners going, "Oh, this is gonna be great," it's not. If you're gonna watch it, I recommend watching it with somebody else so you can make fun of it with. Because if you're looking for anything actual that had to do with anything value. actual entertainment value, it's not there. Uh, cause like listeners, I tried to watch it by myself. I watched the first episode by myself and I immediately came to the guys. I'm like, I don't know if I can watch this. Uh, cause it's, it's not fun by yourself. Like you can come up with good commentary, but it's not one of those ones where you can just fucking make fun of it and enjoy it for what it is. It's one of those things like you make fun of it, but you're making fun of it because it's not really good. <laughs> yeah. At first I thought, I thought Varga was being hyperbolic about it. I'm like, I'm sure it's not like that. 
And then I watched it and went, nope, totally get it. <laughs> Listeners, I needed to insert this because Miles and I just finished the show last night. And we are absolutely spot on for our assessment up until episode seven. And that's when Uncle Fester shows up. This is where it became the Adams family. Uncle Fester is almost perfect. Like just the mannerisms, the dialogue. Like I wish the rest of the Adams were written this well. This is how everyone should have this kind of attitude. The only thing he's missing, and this is getting nitpicky, is being slightly more neurotic. And that's it. It was so good. Miles and I were openly laughing. We were sitting there going, holy shit, this is it. This is, this is what this is, this is missing. This is the attitude that we've been wanting the entire time. So it was fantastic. The, the interactions between him and Wednesday, the interactions between him and Thing, awesome, spot on. Way to go, Netflix. That was, that was great. And the final episode wasn't bad either. So Netflix, more like those last two episodes. More like that, and I'm back for the next season. Well, since we're going to be on the negative bandwagon, I'll just put this out there. I watched, or more or less fast forward and sped through what I could, the latest season of American Horror Story mm. NYC. <laughs> and yeah. instead of me going off and pulling a bargain and ranting, I'll just be up front. <laughs> this is the worst season yet. Which is really sad because... It, to me, it hasn't been good. Some, they had some yeah. bad seasons in yeah. there. Eighty four was this was one, fun. I enjoyed that one. Other than 84 that, eighty four to me was the last good season. Yeah. Uh, this one was, and Vargo and I were talking about it, and I think the writers and the director don't understand the difference between suspense and horror. But this had so much drama that it was basically a CW show. Yeah, it's a common problem in horror, uh, the horror genre. You have companies who think that they know what horror is, and instead they're making a suspense movie. Yep. And this like, one was, uh, the drama was just so unbearable that I was fast-forwarding ep- just sections. Like, I was watching yeah. an episode in 15 minutes. Yeah. That's how much drama there was. I do not recommend it. I thank you uh, just for that. Not the spinoff series, American Horror Stories, even though they need to rename that a lot better. That way people aren't confused. Yeah, I've had I've but, had books like that where it's just like you you're going through it and you go through a sec like you go through a certain section and the worst ones are like the biggest offenders like where you have it goes back and repeats the same thing like the same exact the, what you what you thought you got past they go back and repeat it and they go back and go through Stephen, it and you're like a lot of right, Stephen well, King books are that way yeah I can't stand yeah. that it drives me nuts I have to fast forward. And at least in Stephen King, there's some progress that gets made eventually. Some books, it doesn't happen. I just go, fuck it, I'm out. I, I'm done. I'm not going to put up with this. Well, I'm not a big fan of the uh, Drizzdale Hurton books for the Forgotten Realms. Okay. Because those books do a lot of that. I don't recommend those books at all. They're terrible fantasy books. That's fair. Uh, but with the American New American Horror Story, I, I could see this being a franchise killer. That's how bad I think it was. Okay. I do not recommend it. Don't waste your time. You see it on there. You put a dislike on it and you run away. <laughs> you walk away. Just walk away. Now, but I do want to end on a positive note. I did watch a new horror movie that came out this year, but I never heard of it because it was just like it went straight to streaming. Yeah. It was on Prime called My Best Friend's Exorcism. I'm not too sure why it's rated R. It could have been PG-13 because there's really not that much horror to it. It's more comedy than horror. 
Okay. But it was a fun watch. It's just about. Does it uh, have blood in it? Very little. Is it red or is it actual it's blood looking? Blood. I don't think it's really that much blood looking, but I can kind okay. of see where they say that. But personally, oh, that's the reason why I ask because usually that's what ends up giving you your R rating. I've seen more graphic PG thirteen movies than this. Okay. Uh, it's just a fun. I think it's more comedy than horror, but it was fun to watch. Uh, it takes place in the eighties, and you're just following this group of uh, teenage girls where, you know, stereotypical. They go out in the cab, out to a cabin in the woods, and one of them gets possessed. And it just the uh, the shenanigans that go throughout it is just pretty funny. Does and anyone the get raped by was, a tree? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a negative. But just it's just funny well, how it goes through. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. It's just a fun comedy. It's been, yeah, it's been sitting on yeah. my watch list for a bit. And then the uh, soundtrack was pretty good on it. If you love 80s music, it's definitely worth listening to the songs that you'll hear you'll like. Yeah. By the way, I saw Daybreak finally. That was great. Uh, Daybreakers or Daybreak Day- the show? With the- uh, what was the one with Jamie Foxx? Oh, uh, Daybreakers. Day- no, Day Shift. Night Shift. Night Shift or Day yeah. Shift? Day Which Shift. Yeah, Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg? Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was a fun, fun movie. That, that was so fucking that was good. That was a fun movie. <laughs> I highly recommend I it. If you got Netflix that. and you, like, you feel like the good old campy vampire movies, you need to watch it. Yeah, when the brothers showed up, God, that was badass. That whole scene in the house. The TV scene's still my favorite kill in the entire movie. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was really good, listeners. If you have Netflix or you were wanting to know if uh, anything's worth watching on Netflix, that was awesome. Uh, I'm starting to catch up on uh, Cobra Kai so far. Loving the series. Loving this yeah, season. Yeah, this is a great season. Um, yeah. And the I, creators I, came out and announced that the next season will be the final. Okay. Well, uh, it'll be sad to see it go, but I mean, uh, so far, if it, if it continues on this road, thumbs thumbs up. Thumbs way, way up. Yeah, they repeat this again. Like I said, this season was so, it makes up a lot of last season. Last season, they try to emphasize more on the drama. And it was two teenage drama. This yeah. season was this season, even with even with dealing with uh, with Miguel still at the was, beginning, yeah. it was still well done. And uh, it, they they wrapped that up. They wrap up, you know, the 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 stuff with Miguel really quickly. The, the, the beginning, teenage drama, they tied yeah, right at the beginning, which is good. So uh, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing up this season. I'm looking forward to, and definitely looking forward to the next season. Since this, you know, if if it continues like this for this season, hell yeah. So uh, I think one of your favorite episodes is going to be the one where uh, there's an episode that involves uh, John Kreese, which yeah. is obviously one of the bad guys of the show. And the entire scene is uh, has uh, that thing, uh, one of the great Frank Sinatra songs to go with it that times so well. It's well done. Is it my way? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it just does it so well. Like, I wouldn't say I would put it better with like the Daredevil hallway scene. Okay, but I would put there's probably one of the better things you've I've seen in Netflix in a while. The way it was just the way it was filmed and how it was handled. Cool. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I've watched. I'm I want to watch that. Uh, that is it eighteen ninety three ninety nine. What is ninety nine? Is it eighteen ninety nine? I've been uh, watching the, it. I'm the one that looks like it takes place in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle uh, kind of deal. Looks looks cool. Looks interesting. I'm, I'm three episodes in, and I've. I could tell you, Vargo, it's it's a it's very slow. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Is it slow? Like slow, like the terror, 
slow or just slow, 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 slow. <laughs> like I'm trying to get through. I'm like, I've already started it, but I'm getting yeah. to the point now where I'm about to start fast forwarding chunks. Did you ever see that on AMZ or AMC, by the way, the terror? Oh, I liked it. It just, it was just, it was that but I was, it was good. I was just curious. That was great. I felt like it was inspired by Moby Dick. It, it was enjoyable because you knew what you were getting into this one. Um, so far, it feels like that movie Ghost Ship. Mm. Okay. With no, viol- with no violent action. There's no violence actions. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Sound like it's, it's creepy and stuff, but like, I have yet that get scared or have something surprising happen or okay. it's just creepy and slow. Like they're they're doing a lot of character build, but I think they're taking too long with the character builds. Gotcha. Listeners, I, I finished up Camp Cretaceous. Uh, that was, I think that's the final season. Uh, ended better than it, it ends better than it starts. The kids get le- a little less annoying. Um, it's still dinosaurs. <laughs> so if you want more Jurassic Park or want more dinosaurs, it's still dinosaurs. So it's about, about as far as I could say that that goes for entertainment. Um, it's, you know, not super intricate as the, the story. It's kind of, you know, overall the show's like kind of the same plot almost every fucking season. Um, but, uh, it was different. You know, it kind of went in a different way. It doesn't really connect very, in my opinion, doesn't really connect very well with a lot of the, uh, the rest of Jurassic park, but I don't think it's really meant to, uh, since they don't really bring up a lot of stuff. They don't really bring up anything that happens too much later on from, uh, what takes place in Jurassic world, uh, the original Jurassic world. Um, and, uh, it doesn't, it actually doesn't connect to anything beyond really beyond that until Jurassic, uh, uh, world fallen kingdom. Uh, the events that take place at the end of that, that's, that's the only time where it kind of brings things back together, but it was cool. Got to see, uh, you know, got to see some dino battling and, uh, Spinosaurus came back. So Jurassic parks version of, of, of the Spinosaurus. If you liked the show or you liked where it started, I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy the, uh, this most recent season. Uh, to get to it, I finished the third book that for the audio came out in Sandman act three. Yeah. Pretty well done. Uh, as usual, it's a full uh, voice cast again because you know, they have a bunch of actors playing different roles, and it's kind of done like a radio show. Yeah, Very well a- done. I uh, the other reason why I refuse to watch the show is because in the audiobooks, um, James McAvoy plays the voice of Morpheus, Sandman, the main character, and now that he's done the third book. I can't imagine anybody else playing that character. Okay. And the same goes for uh, Kat Dennings. She's the voice of death. And she does a damn good job with it. Um, this time around, uh, I really like this book. I could see this being the final one. Because it comes full circle of uh, Morpheus dealing with all the consequences from his actions from the previous from his previous history. Yeah. And there's like a sub some and it does a really good job giving away side stories and an anthology of things connecting and how it finishes and wraps up in a bow tie at the end. Uh, not as good as the very first book, but it's better than the second one. But overall, between all three books, they're pretty enjoyable. So if you want to listen to something different for an audiobook, I highly recommend the Sandman books. Just do know it's it's a full voice cast and it's kind of like done like a radio show. It's a full production. Cool. 
Uh, just real quickly, uh, on Prime Video, I watched the entirety of The English. Um, it's the I watched show. first episode. is good. Yeah, it's a <laughs> show directed or produced by. Um, not sure if it's directed by, but it also stars uh, Emily Blunt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, if you're a fan of westerns, it's pretty much what we kind of grew up with as far as westerns go. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, with you know, not not quite the the typical gunslinger kind of uh, vibe to it. It's more uh, more grounded, more earthy than that. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Really strongly right. recommend it. I, I laughed my ass off because I finished watching that and it was, uh, I don't know, probably a day or two afterwards. Uh, we were having a conversation and supposedly Emily Blunt said she's uh, tired of uh, strong female protagonists or something like that. She's str- she's tired of the description of strong female character. Right. I just I it made me laugh because I was like that's exactly what she is in the in the show. <laughs> yeah. It's, with that with that conversation, this this goes into a much deeper conversation, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. She basically is just tired of that being the only descriptor for a character when she goes for a role yeah. or when it's described in a movie. She hates the idea of like this is it. Like it's just strong female character. Like that's the only way that you can describe this person. Like it's not anything else. Like you can't describe them in in totality for, for their plot of like what they're like, stuff like that. They're just told, she's just told strong female character. And she says it's a basically a common problem right now in Hollywood of that's just how a character is described to her. And uh, yeah, we're with you, Emily. We're tired of it too. (laughs) We're tired of that being the only way they can describe a character or the only way that they can try and sell uh, something to us of like, this is strong female character. Like, well, there's plenty of them. Like, how are they strong? Are they strong from, uh, are they emotionally strong? Are they strong because of hardships? Are they strong because they're physically strong? Are they strong because of the, you know, they're intelligent? Like, what is it that makes them the strong character that they are? So. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a common problem in a lot of Hollywood and how they describe people. Anyways, listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Remember, we're your Romulan or Vulcan, Sith or Jedi. We just want you listening to us. And what do we mean by that? That means we just want you as a listener. We don't care if we disagree with one another. If you don't agree with our opinion or not, that's fine. We just want you guys as a listener. That's it. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. We literally don't have social media. The reason why we don't have social media is because, well, social media is stupid. As you can see, it's ruining society. So literally, tell your friends about us. Share our podcast with them. Let them know, hey, there's some guys out there that are complete assholes all the time. I love them. Or I hate them. You should listen to the crap that they say. Either way is fine. This is Vargo. Miles. Anderson. Keep on geeking on, and we're out. I'm a scat man. Yo, yo,
So can you, I'm the scat man. 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 Scat man.